going on everybody welcome to the backlot review an official part of the backlot podcast network i'm your host john kegley and i am joined by my co-host steven steven say what's up yo 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 what's up people all right well i'm, I'm a little uncomfortable now um we're also joined today by a backlot contributor jp jp say what's up what's going on Finally, the man is on the show. Mm-hmm. It took some threatening, but uh, I'm finally here. <laughs> yeah, he's tied to a chair right now, but we finally got a headset on his head, and we're good to go. JP has a gun to my head right now mm-hmm. as, as we're recording this episode. <laughs> and a knife. <laughs> no chances, bro. No chances. <laughs> um, today's episode, we are going to be discussing our top 10 films of the year. Um, of 2019, of course. Damn, um, I thought you were talking about 2020. Before we get into that, though. Yeah, bro, I actually looked in the future. I, I saw all the movies of 2020 already. How was Birds of Prey? Um, Cats 2 is actually the best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Before we get into our top 10, though, we're going to uh, discuss our honorable mentions. You know, a couple movies that we liked but didn't quite make our top 10. And uh, we're going to go from there. So, Steven, you want to start off? Yeah, also, don't forget, we're also going to be talking about um, some of our favorite performances and biggest disappointments, which I know is going to be pretty interesting. Um, but to start, I guess I'll, I'll talk about the biggest honorable mention that just didn't make my list. It's coming in at number 11, technically, I guess, is a documentary Apollo 11. came out earlier this year, like really early, I think, like in January or some shit. But um, I like having some documentary presence in all my lists just because I think documentaries are really underappreciated now, but I think they're a very important form of cinema. You have some of the best films of all time are, are documentaries. Um, and I think Apollo 11 as a movie is one of the bigger spectacles of this year. Um, I think it's one of those movies um, like Avengers Endgame um, that you really need to watch in a movie theater, it's like one of those events, um, especially if you like space and the whole, you know, story of, you know, walking on the moon and all that. I think on a technical level, this documentary might be one of the best ever up there with They Shall, Never, they Shall Not Grow Old, which came out last year. Again, I think it's one of those movies where watching it on the biggest and loudest screen possible really helps your viewing just because... Watching this movie in IMAX, um, it really immerses you like no other movie this year does. It really puts you, you know, at the Apollo 11 launch. It really puts you in the space shuttle with um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. And it really, it's really something to see, especially if you mm. have any, you know, background knowledge of, you know, the Apollo 11 launch and really what went into that and what went into bringing these guys home. And it's it's just something that I, I can't really recommend enough. Like, it's one of those nice. things that I think you 
you need to watch if you even have some sort of interest in space. And really, you should watch the movie alone just for the launch sequence. Because, man, the launch sequence in this movie is fucking phenomenal, man. It is... It, it really is something to watch. So so good. That's my biggest honorable mention. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to a few others that uh, we don't really have time to talk about in depth. But I want to give a quick shout out to Hustlers, which is my biggest surprise of the year, which uh, I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Avengers Endgame, which I'm pretty surprised didn't make my top 10 this year, considering Infinity War was my t- one of my top three films of last year. And Ford versus Ferrari, which JP and I have completely differing opinions on. <laughs> so there's that. Um, yep. So those are my those are my biggest honorable mentions. Um, John, what's yours? Um, that's actually a pretty good list. Um, my honorable mention this year or for last year, uh, is Hustlers, which, like you said, is probably the biggest surprise of the year. Um. When I went into Hustlers, I was thinking I was going to watch a chick flick styled movie that just so happened to have J-Lo and Cardi B and Lizzo. So I was going into this like, you know, it's going to be another one of these movies. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) But I walked out. I don't know what you mean. Elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) How about I just continue? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, they... um, I, I walked out of this movie like just shocked at what I saw because it's actually a really great movie. I think J-Lo acts her ass off in this. Um, Easily her best performance. Yeah, 100%. It's it's just a fantastic movie. We I know we, we discussed this on a podcast episode, so I'm not going to really get crazy about it. But it's it's one of those movies that if you really haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. Which I think every movie that we're going to talk about from here on out is a movie that we all highly recommend. Oh, of course. Um, I don't know. There may be one movie in John's list that, that's ass because I know he likes having that trend. <laughs> what what is ass in my list bro every time we do a top five list you have this one movie that's like super questionable yeah but okay that's usually my honorable mention though no not true and not, hus- true. not true <laughs> all right well <laughs> all right so that's my um that's my honorable mention i really love that movie uh really good performances by everybody in it and if you think that the, I just want to make this clear, if you think this is a movie that you know, because like I said, Cardi B and Lizzo in this movie or in this movie, it, may, it might turn you off. They're in the movie for maybe like a minute, so don't let that you know. And honestly, sway your... Cardi B really isn't like that bad. Like she's not that distracting in the movie. One hundred percent. She seems pretty like not, I'm not saying she's a good actress, but I, she, she seems like pretty natural in her role. I mean, obviously, like. She was a stripper in real life, but yeah, she was more in her element for this but, movie. But like, it definitely so doesn't it, it detract like from the movie. Okay, a hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, kind of like what uh, what Steven said. I kind of want to give a quick shout out to a couple of movies that I liked but didn't quite make my top ten. Um, were Toy Story four, which you know I absolutely loved. Toy every I think every Toy Story movie is ridiculously good. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, Ad Astra, I. Phenomenal acting by Brad Pitt. I love that movie. It just, it just like I wanted to put it in my top ten, but I, I was like putting my my list together, and I was just like, it has to be right outside of it. Um, and my last one that I want to shout out is The Irishman, which I love the movie, but I just wish the movie was a lot shorter. It's like a what three hour and ten minute runtime or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can cut like forty five minutes of this movie and it'd still be the exact same thing, and it would be a lot better because crazy. I just feel like some scenes. That's crazy. <laughs> I just feel like some scenes drag, man. Like if you cut like 
I don't want to watch this movie unfold for thirty or for three hours. I feel like you could get this done within a two hours and twenty five minutes. You for sure wanted to play that's Fortnite fair. while you were watching this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even play Fortnite, bro. That's that's you and the you you be playing with Blake every night. Oh what? I I don't think I've touched Fortnite in like at least like six. Bro, months. you literally you literally asked me like what my controller settings were. Shut the other up. Can I uh, can I go on record and say that I've never played Fortnite in my entire life? Is that okay? Josh would love you. <laughs> Honestly, you, you you have that over Chris Hemsworth. Nice. Okay. That's the right. only thing we have in common. <laughs> All right. Uh, JP, what's your honorable mention? Uh, I've got two. It's pretty boring. Um, I have Avengers Endgame and I have Toy Story 4. Uh, Toy Story 4, I have it there just because it's, it's Toy Story. It's fucking cute. It's dope. You're always going to have a good time. Always going to get a good story. You're always going to cry. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's actually no, no, no. That's actually no, very no. True. I was bawling. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, especially at the end, I'm not okay. Never mind. I'm getting <laughs> off track. Avengers Endgame. I think uh, for you know, I I have not liked Marvel movies for a really long time. Really, like I've I've hated every single one since I don't know Age of Ultron. Um, they were kind of too full of themselves, and they were kind of like. You know, it, it it was too humor based. You know, sometimes it just kind of like missed the mark a lot of the time. So you, what, you would rather see Batman fucking kill people. Oh no, just sir. straight up, just. <laughs> but are you like not a fan of the superhero genre, or is it more no, like just Marvel? I think you just don't like what they've been doing. I think, uh, I think post the first Avengers, I think there were a couple good movies. But beyond that, they just got a little too. Uh, it was more about having a good time, and you know, characters not having any flaws or any deep flaws. Mm. Um, everybody being perfect and written like Tony Stark. It was kind of being repetitive and stupid, and it made me not okay. care. But uh, I think Endgame did something really cool, where I, I I felt like regardless of how I felt of the franchise, that first half was not for me, but the second half really really deserved all the build-up that they were leading up towards it like it was a great climax everybody came together it was a fucking awesome theater experience like absolutely like for me it's it's one of the best theater experiences i'll ever have yeah man it was awesome like i was never there for you know return of the jedi or, or or empire you know what i mean when that was in theaters for the first time or whatever else you know big blockbuster film this was like that of our generation, you know what I mean? So it was kind of cool to be a part of that, man. Like it was, it was fun. So for that, I, I have it in my honorable mentions. Yeah, it was definitely an event. Um, Avengers Endgame. I, I would love to go on a time machine and, uh, witness empire strikes back with the, uh, you know, general audience back then. That'd be uh, something to see. I would actually um, say that at least my theater experience for infinity war and the force awakens was actually better than Avengers Endgame. If I'm being honest, Mm, really? I think Infi- I think Infinity War was probably like the rowdiest I've ever seen a movie theater. You know, um, when Thor comes back to Wakanda, I think people like people lost their fucking minds. Um, <laughs> and then in the Force Awakens, I know when the opening fanfare came out, um, but people were going crazy. I saw some pe- like some older men like crying and shit. Um, when the, millenn- <laughs> when the mil- no, I'm not kidding. Like straight, like straight crazy, tears. Man. When the Millennium wow. Falcon uh, was shown for the first time, people were going insane. Like, 
Avengers Endgame was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. It was like one of those mm-hmm. things that I, I look back on fondly. But I think Infinity War and The Force Awakens were just on a whole other level. Like wow, yeah. I, honestly, all three of those movies are like up there. Like oh yeah. I don't. I I I mean, at least for me, it would probably be like Avengers Endgame. Like when it comes to the experience, um, of the of the crowd, um, Endgame. Because, like you said, Star Wars Force Awakens was nuts. Last Jedi and uh, Rise of Skywalker, not so much. But um, the Force Awakens was the crowd was ridiculous, and that like so I remember like the second um a gal uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away came up, like the entire crowd just went wild. Oh, that was one of the um ins- most insane experiences. Also, Rogue One at the very end when Darth Vader comes out, yo. <laughs> My theater was straight screaming. Like I could barely hear, <laughs> I could barely hear the audio that that was being played because my theater. <laughs> Give me the lightsabers, dude. My theater was straight screaming, bro. I felt like I was at a fucking theme park, but it was cool. That's that like, was a great scene. Oh, no. Great that's scene, the though. Scariest I've ever seen Darth Vader. Like I was in my, in my opinion, that's, that's the best Star Wars scene ever. In my opinion. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. honestly, you can make that argument. You can make that argument. Um, before we continue, I actually want to bring up. Uh, <laughs> So Steven said that I always have to add that one movie to my list. So I want to give a quick shout out to another movie that should be in my list, but isn't Dora the Explorer. Fuck, you made the joke before I could. <laughs> Fuck, but I was, wait- what I was waiting. What a fantastic movie. I was waiting to say that as my number one, but you beat me to it. Oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not. Oh. We're like, we're like, we're kidding, but not really kidding because like we thought the movie was going to be garbage but it was actually like pretty enjoyable. Yeah, we walked out like that was surprisingly good. Like I will oh, yeah, say I remember, this. I remember your review, yeah. I remember. Like I I will say this and I'm being completely 100% honest. Here we go. <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> I can't even say oh, it with no, a straight no. face, but like you guys will think I'm joking. I enjoyed Dora the Explorer more than I enjoyed Joker. Oh my god. Um you know what? That's fair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. Fair. I'm being 100%. And we'll talk about that more okay, later. Okay. I could probably say that I enjoyed uh, Dora more than I enjoyed Star Wars. Yes. I. I mm-hmm. Same for me. Same for me. I haven't even seen Dora, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out on the best movie of all dude, time. It's, dude, it's actually, it's actually honestly not bad. It's perfectly enjoyable and... It's pretty meta. Like, it's pretty self-aware. Like, there were some jokes. Oh, it is the most self-aware movie ever. It's actually hilarious. Like, there were some jokes that, that they made during the movie, and I was like, holy shit, this is like a... They're making these jokes in a Dora movie? Like, bro, <laughs> she gets like she gets high in the movie. I'm not kidding. She gets high in right, the movie. Yeah. And then, like, it's just like, whoa. Like, they turn into, like, 2D animated Dora for, like, a little bit. It was It was weird, but in, like, a good way. Okay. Honestly, it's so good. Um, I'm writing it all down. All right, so... Watch it. <laughs> add that to your letterbox watch list dora gets yes I dude add it. that to your letterbox watch list right now <laughs> i got you um okay so with all that being said i want to get into our top 10 list so steven i'll let you start it off all right so my number 10 is a movie that i've spoken about at least well i mean technically all these movies we've spoken about on the podcast um my number 10 is dolomite is my name Directed by Craig mm. Brewer, starring Eddie Murphy, um, Tegan Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, mm. and uh, surprise Wesley Snipes. Um, if you guys have listened to that episode before, you guys know I love this movie. 
I think this kind of sparks Eddie Murphy's comeback. You have Coming to America 2 coming out on Netflix. I think this year, actually. I think it comes out this year, if not early 2021. But um, Dolomite Is My Name is the story of Rudy Ray Moore, who was a comedian actor who created the character Dolomite and his series of movies. He's also kind of like the grandfather of rap in a way because like his stand-up comedy act was uh had like this rhyme scheme over like over like these beats that he would play in the background Mm -hmm. which i didn't know until after when i I sort of like looked him up so that was pretty cool to find out but i think this movie has a ton of heart it has a ton of charm i think eddie murphy personally if you ask me i think eddie murphy deserves at least some recognition during award season now i don't know if you can give him the nom over, you know, Antonio Banderas, Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro. But I think Eddie Murphy certainly deserves to be in that, you know, in that conversation. I think it's his best role, honestly, in years. God, he's turned out a ton of shit movies over the over the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. So this is definitely like a fresher breath air. The movie is... I feel like... I feel like you could say that Eddie Murphy and Adam Sandler have a similar career where like they're both fantastic actors, but they've done some shit movies. I think Adam Sandler's a better actor than Charlie Murphy, though. I mean than Eddie Murphy. And I think Eddie Murphy Charlie Murphy. And I think Ed- <laughs> I was thinking it. I'm glad you said it though. That that was really good. Can you do it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> um I think Eddie Murphy is funnier. Oh god, he's a million times funnier than Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. Oh I my agree. god, yeah. yeah. But I think Adam Sandler is a better dramatic actor. Um, also, I do feel like Adam Sandler makes uh, better choices, I think. Uh, or excuse me, Eddie Murphy makes better choices uh, in the in the films that he chooses. Uh, I don't know, man. I'll have to look at I their filmography. Earlier, I think earlier in, in uh, Eddie Murphy's career, he did. Bro, um, I don't know, man. Eddie Murphy has Norbit. He has The Nutty Professor. He has um, the Dr. Doolittle Nutty? movies. Dr. Doolittle, that's a banger. That's a bad. Yeah, I like that movie. I, like I don't know. I, said, I, 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 I was like reluctantly kid, saying that, but <laughs> but I mean, um, if you look at Eddie Murphy's like top movies, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he has The Shrek, The Mulan, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. His comedies definitely are above Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler goes has like low brow, mm-hmm. moronic comedies, which is fine. He does have some. Adam Sandler does have some funny movies, but I mean, bro, you can't compare the two. Honestly, you can't. You can't. You really can't. I mean, Billy Madison is awesome. Um, I can't really think of any. Mr. Deeds is good. I can't. Yeah, you're right. I, I can only think of like Billy Madison, maybe Waterboy, but that's kind of weak too. Uh, Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> bro, and, then when, and then once you start going, if you really want to compare their bad movies, I mean, bro, I Oof. mean, you have... Jack, Jack and Jill, and Jill. Yep. Pixels, um, The Ridiculous Six, uh, Grown Ups Two. Like if you go down to like Adam Sanders, like worst movies, like if you take the plunge, like you're going, like you're going straight to hell deep type shit. Like yeah, like yeah. Jack and Jill is probably you can make the argument that Jack and Jill is the worst movie ever made. If not, I think I think it has like a one point two rating on Letterbox. Like Which if, is like terrible. If it's hmm. not if it's not the worst movie ever, because I mean there are a lot of really bad movies, it's definitely one of the worst. 
Al Pacino isn't, is in this movie. I was just going to say, isn't Al Pacino in it selling cappuccinos? Yeah, they're called uh, Dunkachinos, I think they're called. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a rough uh, couple of years for Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back to Dolomite. Uh, the movie is super accessible. It's a Netflix movie. So literally just go on Netflix and watch it. It is a. It honestly is a really, really, really good time. It's a really uplifting movie. Um, has a lot of positive messages, uh, you know, about believing yourself and, you know, chasing your dreams and whatnot. And Eddie Murphy is just, he has this, this contagious charm, dude. Like his, his personality really just radiates through the screen. And it's really impossible, honestly, to watch this movie and be sad. And like, it's one of those things where like, it's like this honest biopic. It's not like like bohemian mm-hmm. rhapsody which like yeah. everything is like smooth sailing like they another, they make another one bites the dust like in the heat of like this argument between the two between like the band and all that shit it's not like that yeah it really shows um rudy ray Moore, you know struggle and i can appreciate that and for that it's it's uh in my top 10 of the year it's in my number 10 dolomite nice. is my name oh. check it out on netflix yeah on netflix um <clears throat> my number 10 uh is Rocket Man, which was directed by Dexter Fletcher, which I believe uh, Stephen confirmed this for me. He did the uh, the scenes, uh, some of the scenes for Bohemian Rhapsody when um, Brian Singer was, you know, ex- executed. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he, was ta- he was taken out back. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dexter Dexter Fletcher also did um he did that movie with Taron Egerton and uh, Hugh Jackman, Eddie the Eagle. And I know he's doing Sherlock Holmes three, uh, the sequel for to Robert Downey Jr. Which Jr.'s. is finally happening. Thank God, those movies are yes, those movies are awesome, amazing, so good. Um, I dig it. Yeah. So yeah, Rocket Man. Uh, which if you don't know, which if you don't know, then you've been living living under a rock. Is the uh, story of Elton That's John's kind of life. Yeah. Well, this is a rude podcast, man. <laughs> we're, we, we're we're cutthroat around here, dude. Um, Elton John's life, you know, through the years as a prodigy at the Royal Academy of Music, and it, it, it dives into his love life and his his battle with drugs a little bit. A little um, bit. That's yeah. like one of the main. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of the main things. Um, his partnership with Bernie uh, Toppin. It goes into a lot of stuff, and also the. I want to get into like the music of this movie because that's one of the things that I loved about this movie. Um. And going into it, or, or walking out of it, I had to like you know Google some stuff, research some stuff. And what I find interesting with this movie is that Taron Egerton actually sang all his own songs. Um, they didn't do any Bohem- like so. If you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, um, Rami Malek was uh, was lip syncing all his music in the movie. It was not him at all. It, they either got obviously clips from Freddie Mercury or this other guy. I forgot his name. That sounds very similar to uh, Freddie Mercury to do, you know, a couple uh, singing parts. For this movie, they didn't do that at all. It was literally all Taron Egerton. And what I find awesome too is that he went to Elton John for advice, and Elton John literally like the advice that he gave him, for, like for singing, was I want you to find your own voice. I don't want you to emulate me. I don't want you to try to sound like me at all. I want you to find your own voice and 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 sing your your way. Which I find awesome. Like for Elton John to tell you that, like for a movie about him, is pretty fantastic. I mean, you know they so, were friends like beforehand, right? 
Really? Yeah, because Taron Egerton was in Sing, and in that movie, he sings an Ellen John song. That's also, awesome. Ellen John was awesome. also that's... Ellen John was in Kingsman Two. Yeah, he was. he was. Yeah, he was. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he fucked some people up over there. <laughs> um. So yeah, Rocket Man's my number ten. I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, it's more if if, if you, I don't really want to compare it to Rocket to Bohemian Rhapsody because I think Rocket Man's a better film than Bohemian. Oh my Rhapsody. god, one hundred. Um, oh my god, that's like Bohemian Rhapsody is like Jack and Jill compared to this. <laughs> but the thing is, I know people. I know people that enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody more than Rocket Man. But the thing, it's because Rocket Man is more of a musical than Bohemian Rhapsody is, which I don't even think Bohemian Rhapsody is a musical at all. It just happens to have you know a couple songs here and there. I think. I think. Perform. I just think it's because Bohemian Rhapsody is more accessible because it constantly takes the easy way out of out of things. You get me? Yeah, Rocket Man goes into like goes balls deep into everything. So and the musical aspect of it is enjoyable it's fun uh there's a lot of great you know parts you know there's a lot of great songs in this movie that that I, a lot of things that they do with these songs that i i truly love and great cast you know what i mean jamie bell taryn egerton um richard madden uh bryce dallas howard i thought was fantastic unrecognizable movie. at first yes Yes, a hundred percent. So I definitely would recommend this movie. It's it's so good. If you're a fan of Elton John, even just the slightest, if you like, even if you like one of his songs, you would love this movie. So I definitely recommend Taron it. Taron Egerton also just won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. So there's that. Yeah, and I'm I'm super oh. happy for him too. I, I thought I I for sure thought he you know deserved it. Eddie Murphy was also nominated for that for uh, Dolomite. I just saw that. Awesome. That's a great. Uh, who nice. else was nominated? That's for comedy or musical. Oh uh, yeah, Daniel Craig was nominated for Knives Out. Um, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit and uh, Leo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time. Damn, that's some good company. Yeah, absolutely. Very I'm happy nice. Roman Griffin Davis got some some acknowledgement. Um, so JP, what's your number ten? Uh, I need to preface this by saying that I, like I said before, I had not seen a lot of movies this year. It's been kind of spotty. I've been revisiting a lot of old movies and, you know, so I didn't really spend a lot of time in the theater, but my number 10 is Ready or Not. Probably one of the most fun Ooh. horror movies that I've seen in a while. Um, honestly, I was just excited that it wasn't about a fucking haunted doll or a, or, or a dead kid <laughs> or like... You know what I mean? Like every horror movie is the same. It's like what about what about haunted dead nuns? Oh, the nun! Oh my that god! Movie. Let me tell you, that movie sucks. Oh, um, movie's garbage. <laughs> oh my god! Like the Conjuring series. All right, we can't get into that. We have no time. Uh, but Ready or Not is really fun, man. Like it's cheesy, it's campy, it's it's Annie McDowell gives like a really ludicrous performance that is so bad it's good um the main actress i don't know <laughs> that's so interesting no no man she was like halfway through the movie because i had been drinking to be honest watching this movie but halfway through the movie i'm like <laughs> I, oh i feel like this is a common theme, theme uh theme oh yeah, yeah for sure for sure <laughs> um so i mean we we drank when i well not we i drank when we were watching uh wait you were drinking Friday. water right you were drinking water right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a rated this is a rated P, uh, pg podcast oh sorry <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm, I'm totally kidding <laughs> i'm very gullible uh but no man like i was i was like halfway through this movie i was watching anna mcdowell like what the fudge is she doing like 
What the frick? What the frick, dude? Like, uh, but the main actress is amazing, and I'm surprised that she's not Margot Robbie because she's Samara identical. Weaving? She looks exactly yeah. like her. Yeah, I was convinced I was watching a Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie movie, and then I was like, holy shit, that's not her. But everybody's good in this. Everybody's really great. The the premise is crazy and insane, but the movie doesn't care because it just wants to have a good time. The suspense mm-hmm. is fun. She's walking around in a, with a shotgun and a wedding dress, and she's killing members of her in-laws. I mean, in this huge mansion. Beautiful set pieces. Beautiful moments of tension, of really genuine scares. A lot of fun. A lot of entertaining moments. Uh, so, yeah. That's my number 10. I, I was actually meaning to check that out when when it first came out in August, but mm-hmm. I never really had an opportunity to, unfortunately. But now that you you know that we're here talking about it and whatnot, I'm definitely definitely gonna be gonna be watching this very soon. I'm it's I'm gonna bump it up on my watch list because of that. It's definitely like underrated. Um, well, actually, no, like uh, like word of mouth, like people like really like who have seen it enjoy it. Um, I haven't seen a lot of praise for it, like online or anything, but I haven't heard anything bad about it. So I'm just kind of surprised that it wasn't like so. Uh, uh, it wasn't as appreciated, but it was. It's really a fun. horror movie. I feel like horror movies aren't really as appreciated, um, outside of like horror aficionado groups. You get me? Absolutely. Like horror movies 100%. always get shafted come award season. If not, I think Hereditary wins a shit ton of awards last year. I think The Witch. Mm-hmm wins a shit ton of awards in 2016 and mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. lighthouse this year yeah exactly I, I wouldn't even consider lighthouse a horror f- film but i feel like that's what like you know, i don't know i saw you closing i saw you closing your eyes these. a few times during the movie <laughs> <laughs> i was nowhere near this guy when we watched this but somehow he's watching my my face the entire time. oh jp by the way um yes sir you uh, John is scared of Pennywise, so we try not to talk about like it, Chapter Two, and all that too much. Yeah, please don't. Hey there, Georgie! <laughs> Holy shit, that was really good. That was actually good. pretty good. Pennywise, what wow. are you doing? That here? was way better than Blake's. Way better than Blake's. For no, sure. that was Pennywise. That was really. Oh him. shit! Oh wait, he actually just texted me. Hold on. I'm recording <laughs> next. Wait, you bring, you're, you're bringing so him on the show. Why. He was so, yeah, he was supposed to be on the show. He was gonna be guest starring, but oh yeah, he told me he wasn't gonna be able to make it. Hey there, Georgie. Oh, damn, that's actually really <laughs> that's so nice good. Oh, fuck. That's so good. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Get out of here. All right, so with that being said, that was your number 10. So, Steven, what is your number nine? Okay, so my number nine um, was your number 10. I have Rocket Man coming in at my number nine, which is kind of crazy because when I saw this movie, it was actually my number two. Um. Mm. Yeah, so it has it has actually the second, jump. yeah, it actually has the second biggest um, jump uh, because at one point Avengers Endgame was my number one. Jesus. And now, yeah, now that's not even in my top ten. Um, but Rocket Man, I'm gonna try to keep it a little shorter just because you know John spoke about it. I think the movie is infectious. I think it's honest. It tells you know an honest, well, as honest as it can, story of. Elton John and you know his rise to fame and his struggles with you know his self-identity and drugs and whatnot I think the film takes a lot of um creative liberties that I think really bolster the movie unlike unlike Bohemian Rhapsody 
I think it has one of my favorite scenes of the year, which I actually want to talk to want to talk about later. I want to have that as like its own segment because mm. it might actually be my number one. If not, it'll definitely be up there. But um, I think Dexter Fletcher does a great job of balancing the fictional with the non-fictional in this movie and kind of, you know, seamlessly blending it together. I think the musical pieces in this movie are fantastic, uh, especially um, uh, Crocodile Rock is really good. Um, Honky Cat is amazing in this. Rocket Man is amazing in it. Um, it's just a great movie, man. It, it, it's a lot of fun. The serious parts. The movie knows when to be serious and when not to be serious. And Taron Egerton kills it as Elton John. There are some moments in this movie where he, I completely forget I'm watching Taron Egerton and it feels like I'm watching Elton John himself. Wow. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And... I, I, like let me let me also just say that I'm a huge Elton John fan. Like he's one of my favorite artists ever. Um, so I am a little biased, but I do legitimately think that this this is an amazing film. And if you like Bohemian Rhapsody, if you like musicals, if you like musical biopics, definitely definitely take some time out of your day to watch this movie because I think this is one of the best musical biopics ever, up there with like Walk wow. the Line. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yes, yeah. yes, a thousand percent. Wow, holy yeah, shit! Yeah, I love this movie. I love this movie. I just wrote it down next to Dora, so I'm, I have to watch. <laughs> I have to watch Apollo Eleven, Dora, and Rocketman. Okay, that's some good. That's a lot. That's some good by the end of this podcast, that's a good, tri- a that's a good triple that feature. List. That's a good triple feature. It's a good night, right? Um, <laughs> that is a good night. John, what's your number nine? All right, so my number nine, which. I'm looking at my list now and I'm actually surprised that it's not higher. Um, because I actually just rewatched it two days ago is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um I love this movie. I really, I really enjoyed it. And I actually enjoyed it more the second time around. Um there's like so many like themes i feel like to this movie it, it like it becomes a comedy but then it, be, it gets like super serious at one point and then it goes back to being a comedy but it, it like works you know what i mean <laughs> like if there's someone that's gonna make it work it's gonna be tarantino you know absolutely um i think brad pitt was ridiculously good in this film uh i i, I enjoyed his performance so goddamn much I, I'm I'm so happy that he won a Golden Globe for this movie too. Mm. Um, I thought I thought, and I think we talked about it in our podcast about uh, that we uh, have about this movie. Um, I think Stephen and I could both agree that Brad Pitt was better than Leo in this movie. Yeah, not by much, but not by much. Like they're both fucking awesome, but Brad Pitt was just was just infectious. It was like fun to watch him on screen. Um, I agree. So that's why that's my number nine. I I I really don't have much to say. I know Steven will probably go more into detail about it. Um, it's just a ridiculously fun movie, and if you're a Tarantino fan and you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Uh, it's it's fun. Margot Robbie's in it. You know she's she's always awesome. Uh, it's a great movie. A great movie. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, JP, what's your number nine? Midsummer. Um. I think Midsummer is, I mean, c- cinematography is fucking, uh, like, it's it's one of the most important arts. Um, Absolutely. And this motherfucker, Ari Aster, 
I feel like I'm cursing a lot, but this guy Ari Aster is curse as much as you want. <laughs> he makes it look so easy. Like the shots in this movie are so incredible. The effects of like the mushroom trip scene are beautiful to look at. Like, but beyond that, it's like chilling. It's it's weird. It's a it's a it's a movie about relationships gone wrong and, and how to deal with it um, and how to not put it on it, uh, put it off any longer and um, much needed. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, catharsism. You know what I mean? And mm. I think it's one of the best openings to a film that I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, wow. Did you guys see Midsummer? Um, I've I've never fin- I never finished it. I actually you you bringing this up makes me I, I think I might finish it tonight. Um, well, have you seen it, Stephen? I actually have not, and okay. I'm pretty upset about it because Hereditary is one of my favorite horror movies ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't seen Hereditary. Really? This, yeah, this is my first Ari Aster uh, film, uh, not counting his short film. Wait, have um, you seen that? Have you seen his short film? Yeah, I've seen I've seen his uh, short film. Oh, uh, uh, up with the Johnsons, right? Wish I hadn't. I really wish I hadn't. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, but no, Midsummer. I think it suffers from being just needlessly long. I think if, like you said about the Irishman, John, I feel like if uh-huh. this film was cut down a little bit more and it had a more satisfying ending, I feel like it would have been higher on my list. But despite that. I really like the shock scenes in this film are fucking shocking. That's one thing that I hear that Ari Aster does well in a short film. I haven't seen Hereditary, but supposedly there's like a scene there that will shock people. Um, I'd say there's a few. A few. Yeah, yeah. there was a few here in Midsummer as well. And uh, also Florence Pugh. I'm in love with her. She's awesome. She's film. having a great year, and I think this upcoming year with uh, Black Widow, I think she's poised to blow up even more. Hopefully, man. She's so good in this film. I think she's the best part of this film. She, uh, honestly, whenever somebody uh, uh, in a film acts uh, or has to, you know, like overact or scream or be like really emotional i always get a little bit turned off by it i'm like you know what this is kind of i see you're acting i'm already out you know what i mean like i like a more Mm -hmm. subtle performance but the way florence Pugh handles a certain moment in this film is heartbreaking and it made me love this woman as an actor like it was incredible i need to watch this it was incredible the first 10 minutes of this movie could be like a short film in itself like that's how good it is um but yeah, I feel like I can like ramble on and on about this film. So uh, yeah, Midsummer. It's my number nine. Damn, hmm. I gotta check that out. That's a great number nine. Like it's, I, I that's probably gonna be in my because I started it. I don't remember the beginning though. Um, I I do need to finish this though. I I think I'm gonna do that tonight. You, I think you just gave me something to do to, yeah, to go to sleep. Well, so one, don't go to so sleep one to can <laughs> one can watch. No, no, no! I before I go to sleep is what I need <laughs> okay. to say. So, um, John can watch Midsummer and JP can watch Dora, and then they can compare mm-hmm. the the drug scenes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, amazing. Oh yeah. Um. Um. What's your number eight, Stephen? Okay, so coming in at my number eight, I have Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Hmm. 
Uh, JP, have you seen Knives Out? I have yet to see it. Oh, no, yeah, you told me before mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we started that you hadn't seen it. Um, okay, so Knives Out. Where do I start with Knives Out? I am a big fan of Ryan Johnson. I think Looper is a great movie. Excellent I think, movie. I think Brick is even better than Looper. Um, I like The Last Jedi, sort of. I think it's the best of the sequel uh, Star Wars movies, 100%. Um, but I think Ryan Johnson is a more than capable writer and director. Mm-hmm. So when... Don't, don't you think The Rise of Skywalker makes you appreciate Ryan Johnson a little more? Oh, absolutely. J.J. Abrams makes me appreciate good directors... <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I think so. I was super excited for Knives Out. You know, basically the moment it was announced because I think Ryan Johnson, in full creative control, without any baggage <laughs> from movies coming in beforehand, I think is something to get excited about. And then the cast was announced, and looking at this cast list again, I'm staring at it right now, and I still can't believe that this cast is. You know, was put together. Anna de Armas, it's like an Avengers movie. Daniel Craig, Christopher Plummer, Chris Evans, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Lakeith Stanfield, Jamie Lee Curtis, Catherine Langford. This cast is is head to toe completely stacked. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in this movie too. Well, his voice is at least. And Knives Out. Yeah. When? Um, he's the voice of Detective Hard Rock. He doesn't have like a major role, but hmm. he's in it. Um. Hmm. I think this movie is is brilliant. The way that it handles the conventions of being a whodunit movie, I think, is is genius. Um, I'm gonna try to talk like as spoiler free as possible. Um, but I think this movie does something extremely interesting, involving um, revealing the killer very early on in the movie, so that the movie kind of feels like a clue game working in reverse mm, if you kind of yep. get what i'm saying um however even though you know who the killer is the movie still has a ton of twists and turns so you're not really you're never really bored watching this movie and you're always on the edge of your seat because you don't there are, are still a lot of questions left to be answered in the movie, I think Anna de Armas was, um, she's an amazing actress. Let me go ahead and say that. I think she was great in this movie. I think Daniel Craig as um, Benoit Blanc is amazing. And they just released um, some news that Ryan Johnson is actually working on a sequel to the movie. And I think they want to make this into a franchise following Daniel Craig's character. And if that's the case, sign me up for more of these movies because. Knives Out is easily one of the best of the year. Um, one of the best in its genre. And I think it's a movie that becomes more rewatchable. I mean, uh, more enjoyable the more you rewatch it. I kind of feel like uh like the whole who done it um genre is like kind of being revived in a way by this movie because i'm actually super excited to see like for them to make it i'm not like like i mean we're all on the same page like you know when when they announce a sequel to or a franchise of films that aren't you know star wars or superhero movies we're kind of like yeah really like does that really need to be you know does that need a sequel but for this i'm like you know you could do there's so much potential that they can do with future stories that i'm like i'm excited to see what they do with it 
especially with Ryan Johnson. He's a great writer. Yeah, it's really refreshing to hear, like, to see this kind of genre getting a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, it's I'm I'm kind of sick of superheroes and uh, Jedi's. So this is a, a refreshing new thing that I can get excited for every few years. I mean, and I haven't yeah, even man, seen totally. the movie. So, have you guys seen Murder on the Orient Express? I like that. Because yeah, I like that movie. That's becoming a franchise too, because they have a uh, Death on the Nile coming out. Uh, mm. I think this. Yeah. I think this. I think that comes out this year, actually. I think so. And that that um that cast is looking pretty good too. You have Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, Letitia Wright, Annette Bening. Well, on the Orient Express one had a great cast too. I think Josh Gad was in Josh it. Josh Gad Daisy was Ridley. in it. Daisy Ridley. Um, Johnny Depp was in it. Michelle Pfeiffer. Johnny Depp. Yeah, that I. I mean. Murder on the Orient Express is like it's 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 an okay film. It's not anything amazing. It's enjoyable. Um, it's, enjoyable. it's definitely yeah. It's enjoyable. It's not like it's not like Knives Out. Like Knives Out, I I, I think is like one of the best movies of the year. Um, so if you're uh, yeah, like if you're a fan of that of that uh style of of storytelling, like those two movies, I totally recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Knives Out is my number eight. Uh, John, what's yours? My number eight is actually A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, starring Tom Hanks. Everybody's dad, um, Tom Hanks. And how do you pronounce his name? Matthew Riss? Rice? Do you know how to pronounce that, uh, Stephen? Um, I do not. So if you don't know, for those that are listening, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is about um, Mr. Rogers, um, kind of. So I think I feel like a lot of people went into this movie thinking it was like a uh like story about his life when it's it's really not. It's more of a story about it's like a snapshot um, of like of like this moment in both of their lives. Yeah, it's 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 honestly like like Tom Hanks like it, like right I I mean I'm looking at the cast right now. He's like the, the top build actor on this cast list, but he's not even the main character. It's uh, Matthew Rice as Lloyd uh, Vogel, who's like a, a writer for a magazine or, or or whatever, and he has to write about um, the most influential person in like who he thinks is the most influential person in, in the world or something like no, that. No, Do you remember? Okay, so uh, this is based on a true story um, where Matthew Rice's character works for Time Magazine, and they give him a piece about um, uh, heroes, which Hero, he's like super reluctant yes, on doing. Um, because of you know some situation going on in his life with relationship with his dad, and um, he's he's like a super negative person. You know what I mean? It's it's like someone that you would and like not to cut you off, but I mean it's you like already they, did they talk so. about. I, I hate when this guy does that. <laughs> um, no, he uh, he's like a super negative person. Every you know celebrity that he's ever written about was always like a negative piece. Mm. So for them for them to assign him Mister Rogers was you know a little weird to him but you know i'll let steven continue um damn you put me on the spot like that (laughs) so yeah like basically it's tough for this writer to do it just because of you know mr rogers's role as basically like america's dad at the time and the writer's rocky relationship with his dad in the film and in real life i guess well i don't know if it was in real life i don't want to put you know shit out there but in the movie at least um so yeah, that's pretty much kind of like how the plot goes. He goes, he interviews Fred Rogers, and you know, things happen. Yeah, it's it's. I really, I'm not gonna get into it. It's it's just it's a fantastic movie. I, I like highly recommend anybody to watch it. I um, 
you know, I, I got emotional in a few scenes in this film. And it's what's funny is like there's not like, you know, it's not a movie that has like a, a, a certain death or something. And you're just like crying about it. It's like the, it's like the way Tom Hanks portrays Mr. Rogers is like so good that you can't help but to get emotional. And I, I think Steven could agree with me on that. Um, it, it's, you know, it's all it's it's just a great movie. And it's directed by uh, Marielle Heller, which. I find funny because um, there's like a whole argument on Twitter that like not enough movies this year that were made by women directors were, uh, you know, nominated for anything. And I feel like this is a movie that should have been definitely this um, movie and Hustlers 100 both Hustlers and even you could and you can include Honey Boy in that, too. I still haven't um, seen Honey Boy yet, but uh, by all accounts, uh, yeah, that definitely could have been in contention. Yeah. There's a lot of great movies uh, done by female fi- uh, filmmakers out there, so mm-hmm. I, I definitely think this is a movie that should have, you know, been nominated for something. Um, it's 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 a great performance. One of you know Tom Hanks is at his best here, so I, I definitely recommend it. If you guys um or if you haven't seen it, JP, I don't know if you have. No, no, I haven't. Totally watch it. Totally, totally. I'm watch writing it, it down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, what is your number eight? Uh, my number eight is uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, wow, I think uh, Taika. How do you say his name? Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. There we go. Um, he kind of bugs me. Daddy Taika. Really? <laughs> he kind of bugs me. Uh, not his directing style, but just like when he acts. I I sort of, you know, he. I don't know. It's just it, his personality. His his kind of. He's kind of like typecasted. Yeah, his kind of humor is what? not. He like cast. He casts himself in all his movies. <laughs> <laughs> well he's like like when in the movies that he actually acts in like i know he was like in green lantern and and other things like he's kind of like yeah we don't we don't talk himself. about that like i don't even know what i'm talking about i Wait, like I, <laughs> like i've seen okay. him uh and every time i do i'm just kind of like uh it's not for me like his you know his humor it does does not uh match mine but watching jojo rabbit i thought it was brilliant. Like I, 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 the subject matter, um, is kind of hard to make into a satire. Um, like there's a, a, a Jerry Lewis film, uh, which I'm not too familiar with Jerry Lewis, but Jerry Lewis had, had a film called, uh, the day, the down, the, the day of the, the, clown. Day the clown cried. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was, um, I don't know what kind of, I don't know if it was supposed to be a satire or some, or just a straight up comedy. Um, I believe it was supposed to be a straight up comedy. Like that's what yeah. he intended it as. Mm-hmm. So, and it's about you know I don't know somebody in concentration camps or something like that. And it, it, and it, and rightfully so, I I thought people were not ready, uh, to watch a film like that. Uh, and so now, to see a film like this where the director of the film is being a kind of boyish version of hitler is kind of weird and to see like when i first saw the trailer of it i was like what the fuck is this movie (laughs) what the hell is he doing he's committing career suicide but thankfully watching the film it it was less about him it wasn't really much praising this guy or, or anything like that it was just about this kid who was conflicted and um him like this little kid i forget what's the actor's name do you know oh uh, roman griffin davis yeah this kid was awesome 
awesome. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he was fantastic. And he got, he, you saw he got nominated for a, a Golden yeah. Globe. I was so happy I to see, see that. I didn't see that. No, no. But like, geez, like this kid is phenomenal, man. Like you can tell he's going to have a great future. Um, and his friend too, the, the chubbier kid, like, fuck. Oh, he, that oh kid my is God, that kid was hysterical. That kid and, and, uh, Alan Alda in Marriage Story are two of the funniest characters all year that I've seen. That those two need to be like the live action version of Up whenever they do that shit. But <laughs> but um but anyways, like it 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 centers around this kid like being conflicted, like he's 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 um uh, he's so sure that he's doing the right thing, and then we when he's actually faced with the reality of the real world, this person, I don't want to give too much away, but like he meets someone that changes his life and the way they go about telling that story of introducing these two worlds and having them clash together i thought it was brilliant Mm -hmm. i I do think sometimes the tone the tone shifts kind of um kind of take you out of it's kind of jarring sometimes like you can go from like these two characters um kind of having a heartwarming moment and kind of connecting and growing together and then it just you see like taika watiti just like being an idiot and making a fool of himself which i actually think that works in the film's favor yes yes it made me laugh uh but sometimes like my brain was just like wait what like it just kind of like shifted too hard for me but then i got in the groove of it and i kind of like i sunk into the movie a little bit more but um Mm -hmm. but yeah man i thought it was great i think i was very much close to crying at one of the scenes oh yes yes i cried i cried at the end of the movie uh man it's really hard to make me cry unless i'm watching toy story but uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh man it was it was really great man really awesome i didn't cry during that scene that you're referencing but i did cry at the end of the movie like literally the scene before the credits roll really yeah Yeah, i think you know when heroes starts playing the david Mm. bowie song Mm. okay 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 yeah yeah now i remember like to me i think that's the most emotional part of of the movie um I can talk about Jojo Rabbit forever, uh, so I'm going to save my comments for when it comes up on my list. Um, I have a question for JP. Yes, uh, you were saying how you disliked a lot of the Marvel movies. Were you a fan or not a fan of Thor Ragnarok? When I first saw it, I had a good time. And I'm sorry, I keep saying this, but I was drinking. And I... <laughs> <laughs> What what theater do you go to, dude? <laughs> that particular one, I think I saw it in um, near my new apartment. Now I think it's uh, Weston, Weston Eight, and they have okay, like a gotcha. bar or something. Most most theaters now have have bars, so I'm not yeah. crazy. I'm not yeah, crazy for enjoying a drink. I'm, I'm a grown man. No, no, no man, I'm, I'm, I've had a beer in a movie. But had a beer in a movie. First time I saw it, uh, John doesn't drink, so he's oh he doesn't. Like a little... oh, okay, okay. No, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you get this. <laughs> last name like I that. trust me. I, I can, I drink. Steven is the person that I make that joke about. What? Yeah, like Steven stealing my joke. It's crazy. John Keg. I, mean, I know. I know. You get yeah, that a lot. Exactly. I, I don't it, goes it, it, it goes the name. It goes the name. It goes the name. Um, <laughs> but no, the first time I saw it, I really liked it. And then I sobered up and I watched it again. And I was like, huh, <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. Really? I hated this movie. I hated Thor. You think it sucked? Wow. I hated Thor. I have never disliked a movie character more. I don't like the bro humor. I think, speaking of tone shifts, the tone shifts were horrible in this movie. Anthony Hopkins was asleep the whole time. I, the best part about it was Loki. 
uh, and Kate Blanchett, who I'm in love with. Um, oh, I love her. But great actress. I, but I just, I just kind of think that the movie that they decided to make a comedy is the one that Thor's dad dies and his sister comes back. <laughs> like that is the movie you want to make into a comedy. Like, and your planet is destroyed. Your home planet is destroyed. And then when it gets destroyed, the rock guy goes, "Oh, we can rebuild it. We can rebuild it." And then it just collapses, and he's like, "Oh, all right." Like, why are you making a joke? <laughs> this guy's planet is whatever. I'm not gonna get into it. This is yeah. We can I have mean, a whole. Marvel I'm not gonna get episode. into it either. I. It's just funny that I I I just like find that funny that like I, everyone that I know for the most part that has seen this movie loves it, and I think the whole tone shift with Thor is. You know, done beautifully, but you know, oh no, no, no! Like you guys are right. Like anybody who enjoys that movie is right. I just am overcritical and I overthink these movies. So no, much. I, I get it. I get it. I get um, it. Everyone um, has wrong opinions, so. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um. <laughs> all right. So, what's your number seven, Stephen? So, my number seven is actually a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm gonna mm. keep it short since um, John basically said most of it. I think the movie is uh, incredibly heart uh, heartwarming. I think it says um, uh, a lot about you know role models and idols and how special a person Fred Rogers was. Now I never had a connection uh, myself to Fred Rogers. Um, you know he was before my time. However, I did watch the documentary "Won't You Be My Neighbor," which came out last year, which is actually in my top ten films of last year as well. I think that's a beautiful documentary. Um, I think at the heart of this movie lies the performance of Tom Hanks. I think he gives um, a wonderful performance. You know, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. He's never going to let you down. And tears were shed, dude. I cried like a fucking baby during this movie, honestly. And I I really was not expecting it. Um, Actually, I remember that. I was crying like a fucking baby during this movie. But that's because, at least for me, the movie is pretty personal for me. Has a lot of personal messages. Um, So that completely took me by surprise. And I was not expecting to like this movie as much as I did, to be completely honest. Mm. So the fact that this movie is above rocket man in my top 10 says a lot about um this film so that's a beautiful day in the neighborhood i would 100 percent recommend that especially if you're a fan of fred rogers or even tom hanks because tom hanks is literally the perfect person to play fred rogers mm-hmm. i agree 100 percent. so that's my number seven a beautiful day in the neighborhood uh john what's yours my number seven is a movie that might not be on your guys' list. Um, oh, here we go. Peanut Butter. Here we go. Here we go. Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay, no. I'll, t- mm. I'll accept that. Yeah, so Peanut Butter Falcon is a movie, if you don't know, with uh, Shia LaBeouf. It's the and, um, documentary about peanut butter, right? Yes, yes, it and is. Falcons. Fantastic documentary. Um, No, so it's a movie about with Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson. I'm actually going to read the, the, the quick summary here. Um. A down-on-his-luck crab fisherman embarks on a journey to get a young man with Down syndrome to a professional wrestling school in rural North Carolina and away from their retirement home where he's lived for the past two and a half years. Um, this movie is, like, very touching. Um, I got, like, like choked up a couple times in this movie. I think Shia LaBeouf kills it. And, and Shia LaBeouf, you know, lately has been killing it which I think we could all three agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I, I like when he's doing these smaller movies because you get to see him, um, you know, 
act. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not like, you know, I'm not watching Transformers where he's just fucking running around with a green screen behind him the entire, the entire time. Like, you actually get to see him show emotion and, and it's just fantastic. Um, uh, Zach got got Sagan, I think his last name is, uh, he's the, he's the, uh, the guy that has Down syndrome in the movie and actually has Down syndrome in real life. Um, I think was awesome. You know, he has some great and memorable lines in this movie. Uh, Him and Shia LaBeouf got, got pretty close, which is awesome to see. Yes, I love that. I really love that. And what I, I love about this movie too is that um, the the crew, like the director and the producer, it's two directors, Tyler Nilsson and uh, Michael Schwartz. They uh, they met Zach Gottsagen and and because he told them that he wanted to be an actor. Um, but th- that they don't hire the Down syndrome people f- to be in movies, so they got together and wrote this entire script with him in mind, and you know they made a full movie out of it, and the movie's fantastic. I-, awesome. I really, really, it's it's a it's a great story. You know what I mean? It's it's such a great movie, and the movie, t- you know, the movie goes into a lot about you know, like nowadays people like to use the word retarded for you know talking about something that's stupid or whatever, and this movie goes into that a little bit where it's like. That's not a movie you, or a word that we should be throwing around so lightly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you never know who you're going to offend. Or you, it's just like Shia LaBeouf, you know, has a moment with when it comes to that, you know, word in this movie that it's just it's just so good, man. I, I, I don't know. Have you guys uh, seen yes. it? Um, I have not. Unfortunately, I've been dying to watch it. I just haven't had an opportunity to go see it yet, but I'm definitely going to be watching it soon. Definitely, man. You you really have to. It's it's a, I I it's just a very touching movie. I don't know if JP you know feels the same way that I do about it, but it's just it's so oh, good, man. Oh, you wait and see, because I'm going to talk about it very soon. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Nice, I like that. All right, JP, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is Joker. <laughs> I thought you were about to say the peanut butter. <laughs> <Yeah. Falcon. laughs> my number seven is Joker. Um. To be honest, man. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, first things first, Walking Phoenix um, murders. Murders Always. this movie. I thought he was awesome. Uh, easily the best part of the movie. Um, to me, though, um, the controversy behind it, the, uh, the conversation around this movie I don't think is warranted or earned or deserved. I don't think anything in this film is out of line or inspiring to, you know, certain people in society. I do think it's a pretty violent film, not overly violent. Um, is me- its message isn't pretty clear. I mean, it's not that clear. It's uh, sometimes gets lost in, it, in itself. Um, but I will say that I was entertained throughout. I was a little disappointed because I, I went in with a lot of hype. Uh, I was expecting something fucking bananas, but I didn't really get it. I agree. Um, so I went in a second time and I saw it with lower expectations and I was like, man, this is pretty awesome. Like the characters in it are fucking scumbags and and it makes you sympathize with this character until the point that he doesn't become a human anymore and he just basically does an unspeakable unspeakable act or several unspeakable acts and i love the new dement uh a new layer that uh 
Joaquin Phoenix adds to the Joker, you know, because after after Heath Ledger, man, it's it's kind of hard to sort of, you know, do anything groundbreaking or revolutionary with the Joker. You know what I mean? He's such an untouchable and scary um, person for uh, a character for uh, an actor to um, take charge of. Yeah, and portray. He's he's like he's like one of the darkest and hardest characters to even write about. But he's also the most you know for comic book writers. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and he's also the most interesting though. Like he he's he draws something out of these really talented actors. Like Joaquin Phoenix is perfect. Um, but overall, man, I just don't think I don't think all this uh, all this talk around the the film itself really it, it just didn't add anything to it. Didn't make me you know. Uh, I just didn't think it was earned. You know, the the film is great for a comic book film. I think this is the right step for DC. Like, I I, I think they they, they tried oh, totally. to do some Marvel totally. shit for a little bit, but they realized no, we get we got to do a character driven, character based, um, comic book movie. You know what I mean? And I think they succeeded with Joker. I mean, it's what was was it the highest grossing uh, uh, R rated movie or something uh, last year? Yeah, I, I believe, think so. I believe. Something like that. Like, that just goes to show, man. My, people really want to see this kind of movie. You know what I mean? So hopefully DC follows uh, in the right footsteps. You know what I mean? It does something more like this, you know? Mm-hmm. I what I what The thing that I have, like, when I saw this movie, I walked out, like, loving it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, top five movie of the year, you know, maybe top three, whatever. I loved it. That's and crazy. As as a couple of days like went went on, I was like, I have to do this with movies. Like I have to sometimes like let it digest. You know what I mean? I have to sit and think mm-hmm. about it. And I thought about it, and I'm like, this movie actually was not as good as I thought it was. And um, I feel like um, the movie is a bit boring at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a while to get going. Um, I think it's a bit uh like pretentious a little bit. Like it's it's. I don't know. There's like a lot of things that you can say about it. I, the thing that bugs me about this movie too is that I feel like it's like trying to be like a carbon copy of uh, the King of Comedy, which is if you don't know uh, for the people listening, um, it's a Martin Scorsese movie, um, and I think that was like their biggest influence. That and like maybe Taxi Driver. I got um, I got a little bit more Taxi Driver influence than I did a King of Comedy, but then again, I didn't really see it's it's like a mixture of both. It's like a big mixture of both. Um. I feel like it's trying too hard to like kind of emulate, you know, both of those movies, and mm-hmm. I kind of wish it didn't. I kind of wish it like, you know, steered in its own lane. But you know, from what for what it was, I I actually enjoyed it. Um, it's it's actually my number fifteen, so nice. you know, I don't hate it, but I I didn't I don't like it as much as I thought. Well, I well, the did. reason I I put it above like Jojo Rabbit and Midsummer and Ready or Not is just because I I the fact that if this was just a a movie about a guy going crazy and wears clown makeup it you know probably wouldn't even be on my list but like the fact that it's a joker movie and that it was handled really well and it was extremely successful and it's on this big of a stage like it's it's in the mainstream like it's not like an animated movie or anything like and it's and it's being acted and portrayed by joaquin phoenix one of the best actors that we have in our generation like it 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 definitely speaks to the to like like dc comics like like they really did something special, and this is something that I've actually wanted for a long time. Like, like, well, what I think they're doing too is like they're kind of like starting like their own little slate of movies that's called DC Black. I don't know if you know, which is like, oh, okay. um, 
Yeah, it's gonna be like like this would be like the first one in that you know uh, line of movies where it's pretty much not canon to the rest of the films that they're throwing mm-hmm. out there, like you know Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Um, so I'm actually excited to see what they do with it. I don't want a sequel to this movie, but it sounds like it's gonna happen. Yeah, me either. But you know, money talks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, before we continue like with our list, I kind of want to hear like Steven's like like you know quick thoughts of what you hated about this movie. About what I hated, or about what JP hated? You, you, you. No, what you hated. Uh, I'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, now we know. Yeah, I'll talk about that um, later. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, with that being your number seven, Steven, what is your number six? Oh, okay. So now this is when my list uh, started getting a little difficult. So at my number six, I have Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Mm. Um, It took me an unfortunate uh, amount of time to get around to watching this movie. This was actually the movie that pushed Apollo 11 out of my top 10. Um, I just you know didn't have the time to sit down and watch three hours of The Irishman, even though I had been dying to see this film. Um, it's Martin Scorsese, man. I I I don't know what else to say. The dude, anything he touches turns to gold. And mm-hmm. at what, like seventy eight years old, to be turning out films like The Wolf of Wall Street, and then to go ahead and make Silence right after, and then from Silence to go ahead and make um this movie. It's incredible the range that Scorsese has. Um. I wouldn't say this is top-tier Scorsese. I think top-tier Scorsese is arguably the greatest director of all time. Uh, But I would say this is pretty high up there in the filmography. I'd say it's better than The Wolf of Wall Street, in my opinion. Um, I think The Wolf of Wall Street is more entertaining to watch. But I think as a film, The Irishman um, is just better constructed. I think... Uh, obviously, the cast is outstanding. Uh, uh, De Niro, Joe Pesci, Ray Romano, oh Kaitel. What a cast. But what a cast. I think um, Joe Pesci, out of all of them, as uh, Russell Buffalino, I think completely steals the show. I think the fact that the film is more quiet than Goodfellas and Casino and Mean Streets, I think, works in the film's favor. It's a more mundane look into this life of crime whereas you know goodfellas don't get me wrong doesn't glamorize um you know this lifestyle it certainly shows these characters taking advantage of their status in society you know what mm-hmm. i'm trying to say absolutely whereas this film yeah. this film seems more of like it feels more real in a sense mm-hmm you know, it seems more mundane. I, I said it earlier, but that's really what it feels like. It feels, you know, it's a quiet movie with quiet characters and, you know, nothing, you know, boisterous, you know, happens like in Goodfellas. These characters aren't living, mm-hmm. you know, at the level that they are in Goodfellas and especially Casino. But I think in a way, I like that more in The Irishman in a way. And I like how the movie... I know John says he didn't like how long the movie was, but I think every scene in this movie is needed because every scene builds these characters and it makes that their actions in the end, I think, a little more rewarding and a little more emotional. I agree. 
Is Martin Scorsese uh, your favorite director? Is Scorsese my favorite director? I'd say he's in top three. I'd say Tarantino, Spielberg, and Scorsese and Kurosawa are constantly in rotation. It depends what movie I see last, honestly. All right, that's like your Mount Rushmore. Director. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I'd say that's my my Mount Rushmore. All right, that's fair. Um, that's a pretty fair you know review of um Irishman. I mean, I kind of want to talk about that more after the podcast about what like scenes that like I I would need to like rewatch and see like the scenes that I didn't like. Um, but overall, I still really enjoy the movie and I still think it's fantastic. So, um. My number six is actually Knives Out, which I'm not going to go crazy into because we, you know, dug into that earlier. Um, I think that this cast is like an all-star cast in this f- film. Um, what we were talking about earlier, Ryan Johnson is a ridiculously good writer um, when he is able to do what he can. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to Star Wars, you know, there's only certain, there's only so much he can do with that movie. Um, you know, when he's telling, telling his own story, uh, he can do whatever the hell he wants and it's fucking, he just goes off the walls with it and it's fantastic. Um, I'm not entirely sure if Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is still happening and if it is, I'm so excited for that. I think it still Um, is. I'm obviously, uh, yeah, I think that has potential to be ridiculously good. Um, so I can't wait for that. Um, I I really, there's not much to go go into whodunit, I think that genre is making a comeback because you know you don't really see too many of those um so i'm excited to see more of these films uh come to fruition i think daniel craig was fantastic in this movie and i think uh steven can agree with that um i i remember having like an argument about his accent in this movie um <laughs> you know with a couple of people people don't like people a lot of people didn't like it but a don't, lot of people loved i loved don't it say anything else um, um jp hasn't seen it well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna go into any spoilers or anything. But yeah, I mean, he has an accent in this movie. A lot of people don't really like it. I thought it worked. Yeah. Uh, um, I saw the trailer and I was like, "What is this guy doing?" But I was like, <laughs> "But it kind of excited me." I was like, "Oh, this could either be really good or really bad." Watch the movie. Yeah, watch the movie and and, and judge it for yourself. I, I'm actually curious to see how uh, what you think. What does about he say that. in the trailer? Um, He's like. I suspect foul play. Like so, that's exactly. Like, yeah, that's what? Exactly Damn, what the happened. hell? That's that was actually pretty good. This guy, this guy is like does a great actually, no, that's Daniel Craig. He was just here. Now he's leaving. Oh Suddenly. fuck! Wait, oh, JP, do your best John Craig impression. I can't. I haven't. I haven't known him for that long. I, I need to study him. <laughs> I need to. I appreciate you not trying. <laughs> um. No, yeah. So Daniel Craig, I think is fantastic. Chris Evans, I thought was actually surprised. I mean, I don't want to say surprisingly. I think he's a really good actor, but I think he really acted awesome in this movie. Uh, Michael Shannon was awesome. Great. The, I, I, I kind of wish we saw more. I think Steven said this on our podcast episode. Um, I, I kind of wish we saw more of Jamie Lee Curtis. Dude, I, say I lit I think up when I saw her in the in the in the trailer. I was like, oh man, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this. I'm watching it. But then I didn't. She's she's in the movie for a decent amount of time. <laughs> she's in this movie for a decent amount of time. I just wish she was in it for a little bit more. But um, overall, the movie is fantastic. I, I I love this movie. You definitely need to watch yeah, this. Like to, definitely sure. need to watch this. Um, what's your number six, JP? Peanut Butter Falcon. Damn. You already talked there about it. Is. You already talked about it. So I'm gonna keep it short. Uh, this movie is just sweet, man. It's a sweet movie. Like all like the rest of the 
movies that I have are kind of dark, depressing, sad, weird, dark. This movie is like the light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like it was all the characters were sweet. Like the, the kinship between Shia LaBeouf and, and Zach are, is like palpable, man. Like that thing is like, it's like yeah, genuine, it's genuine man. And, and to, and like you said earlier, like to, to find out that they actually built like an actual bond, like outside of the, you know, the film, like it warmed my heart even more. And to see Shia LaBeouf actually play like this kind of character, I was like, Oh man, like this is, I've always been a big fan of Shia, man. Like, and to see like him play this kind of character, man, it just lit me up. And Dakota Johnson was kind of cool. I mean, she didn't really make an impact on the movie. Like she, you know, but I liked her character. Um, she served her purpose. The only thing I didn't like was the two guys that were following Shia throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. That That's like the only thing that slowed it down. But the rest of the film, man, it was just like, it was a good time. I was smiling ear to ear. To ear. Like I wasn't drinking. I was sober. I promise. Hand to God. Um, and I actually saw it with, with Josh. Um, and I was, I felt like I grew closer to Josh just watching that friendship. Did you guys hold hands? We did the entire time. (laughs) We We counted, uh, I just want to say, shoulders. I just want to say Josh, if if he's listening to this right now, (laughs) thanks for the invite, bro. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) It was just our, Didi didn't even go. It was just us. I'm so glad that you guys bonded. I I can't reveal anymore, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So um, my number five is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. Um, I love this movie. I love all the performances in it, especially Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. I think if you really look at this movie and you unravel this film, I think Sharon Tate really, or well, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate really is the heart and soul of this movie. I think Margot Robbie gives such an innocent performance um, and she really makes Sharon Tate seem like a real person because nowadays I feel like Sharon Tate is really, um, I don't want to say personified, but she's really only like looked at and spoken about because of her death. You understand what I'm trying to say? And mm-hmm. But this film kind of makes her, you know, feel like a real person. You get what I'm trying to say? I agree 100%. Um, and I think part of that is because of Margot's performance and Tarantino's writing. I'm glad that, you know, the film ended the way that it did. I think Leo DiCaprio is awesome. This is his first film since 2016. Uh, I think... Was it really? Yeah, he hasn't been in a film since 2016. Was it The Revenant? Wow. Um, I think, yeah, it was The Revenant. Eesh. Yeah, he needed a break after that. Yep. And then, um, so he chose a hell of a time to come back. Um, you know, you had Brad Pitt, obviously, who gave a hell of a performance. Timothy Oliphant is in this film. Pretty stacked cast. Um, I think this is one of Tarantino's best films. I could see why it would be a little off-putting to some because it's definitely not the stereotypical Tarantino film. It's definitely quieter. Um, it's a little slower. It's... Uh, definitely works at a more deliberate pace, but it's never boring. Um, I I love this film. I want to. S- I think the film kind of has a, some surprising scenes. I was definitely wasn't expecting Tarantino to go a little horror over there in the middle when Brad Pitt goes into like the little trailer park. <laughs> yes. Um, but I yeah. definitely welcome any 
horror film Tarantino wants to do because his love of cinema, I think he can definitely turn out a better horror film than most directors. And it'll definitely probably be better than the Grudge movie that just came out. <laughs> um, yeah, Shots but um, <laughs> but yeah, I I love this film. I Again, it's one of the five best films of the year, in my opinion. And I think if this film were to come out, were to have come out last year or the year before, I would say it's. I could say you could argue it. It would be number one. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at my number five. John, what's yours? All right. So my number five is actually Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm not gonna go crazy about it. If you, if you're listening to this and you know me at all, you know that I'm a huge comic book fan. Um. And to watch the entire Marvel universe come to a close, kind of, <laughs> um, or like, you know, these three chapters, you know, phase one, phase two and phase three, you know, come to a close in such a spectacular way. Uh, it's just, you know, it was just awesome to see. I mean, obviously, in any Avengers movie, the cast is going to be strong you know you have chris evans that plays captain america i thought he was you know every time he's cap i i like i don't see chris evans i see cap i don't know about you guys i just i love him as cap i agree and he's same thing his with performance robert downey. as cap yeah exactly same thing with robert downey every time i see chris evans playing cap or you know playing cap i just i just see cap and captain america has become one of my favorite superheroes because of these movies um and I, I never was a fan of him before, you know, the Marvel Universe, you know, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe was established. I, I thought he was a super corny character. Um, but I, I love Captain America now. And when I read even read the comics, you know, now I I, I just adore that character. Uh, so shout out to Chris Evans. I think, you know, I think he was actually like surprised. I, I think he might be like the best part of this, of this movie, believe it or not. Um, and he, obviously he has some fantastic scenes. Um which I don't want to. I don't know if I want to get into. Which I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, everyone's probably. Oh, seen it's this the highest movie, right movie of all time. Everyone and their mothers has seen this film. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so the scene where Cap fucking picks up uh, uh, Thor's hammer, like, like dude, what the, the fucking, fuck? The, the uh, <laughs> you never seen the movie, bro? Um, what movie? Game of Thrones. What is that? I don't know. Um, so. The, the scene where Cap picks up Thor's hammer, though, like, it got such a huge... It, it, like, you were saying earlier, like, when Thor fucking lands in Wakanda, like, in Infinity War, similar uh, reaction. Everybody went wild, and, you know, it's just it's just fun, it's such a fun movie, bro. And it's a movie, too, that I cried like a baby, like, two different times um, at the end of the movie. And I've never, like, felt like that with characters in a movie before. And I think it's, it's strongly because, obviously, like, these movies have been going for you know what 12 years 13 years um so yeah i mean avengers endgame number five i think it's a better movie than infinity war i think infinity war is a fantastic film and one of the best superhero movies uh also but it's very cluttered and a lot i feel like there's no time to breathe in infinity war which avengers endgame gives you that up until the final battle which they kind of really can't give you any time to breathe because it's just like all health is breaking loose you know what i mean like this is the last fight in an avengers movie that we'll you know we'll have for a while so avengers endgame is my number five nice Nice. uh jp what's yours the lighthouse Mm. the lighthouse is terrifying 
in the sense that yep. like nothing like really overtly scary happens in the movie. There's no cheap like like thrills, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? No. It is cold, it's dark, it's two guys stuck on a rock and they go insane and that's my kind of fucking movie. I want to see what happens when there's an unlimited supply of alcohol and there's like low resources. And they start to go crazy and it, it, it's it's a two really great great performances that I did not see coming. One from from uh, Willem Dafoe, like I, I I always knew him to be like a great actor, but I never really saw much of his films. Like when I left the theater, I was like, oh yeah, I've never like the last Willem Dafoe movie I think I saw was Spider Man. Wow, man! I mean? But you're missing out on some good. Movies. I know, I know, but like, I know I'm just being like uh, I'm over exaggerating, but like there's. I, I I never like this performance was amazing. It like blew me out of the water. Like I was like, holy shit! Like I need to go and watch every single Willem Dafoe fi- uh, film. Like it made me a fan. Not only that, but Robert Pattinson was like just a notch above Willem Dafoe, which was extremely surprising. Um, Robert Pattinson's a fantastic actor and I'm happy that he's uh, like, people are starting to finally notice it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, but beyond the performances itself, the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, It leaves a lot of room for interpretation, which I don't mind. It's a, you know, it's an art house film. Um, I love movies like that. That's why I was totally okay with that. Like I was, I was watching it and, and, I, I have this sort of theory about the film, which I won't get into because it's like it's not really fully thought out. But it's there is definitely a personal connection that I have to this film, and and it and it feels very much. Uh, it's a dark comedy. There are moments when it can get a little too pretentious, like like Willem Dafoe have, doing that long speech about. Really, I love oh, I that. love yeah. that. No, no, I, no, love I love that scene. For the first, 20 seconds maybe and then when i realized oh he's not stopping and i don't understand a word but he's I, saying i think but i think that's like also trying <laughs> to show you how insane these guys are starting to get yeah no absolutely but like but even before that like willem the foe like i didn't under- understand anything it was to the point where i was like fuck can we get some subtitles like he, i didn't <laughs> i didn't Watch ye like to be about and it's like what the fuck are you what? <laughs> that was actually pretty good too. Like even though you were saying gibberish. Guy, no, Willem Dafoe, get out This of guy here. walked in thinking that walked in to see Lighthouse and thought he was fucking watching uh Parasite. Yeah, man, like <laughs> but like no, like be, beyond that, like I didn't actually mind <laughs> I didn't actually mind that he like I couldn't understand him because I kinda got like the gist of his character. I kind of understood like his motives. I understand like he's the he's the authoritative, you know, figure. He's the person. He has his duties. He's not responsible for this, you know, fucking grown man. He's not gonna give this guy an award. He's not gonna give this guy any sort of accolade or, or a, even respect at the end of the day. And that's all Robert Pattinson wants is respect. So when you have a, that simple of a story and these two guys full of alcohol and rage and masculinity like it was to the point where like there was a moment in this film where they were so insane they were about to like kiss i don't know if you remember that scene i was I, bro i was literally about to ask you like i, I want to get your take on this because this is like up for interpretation mm-hmm. but for everybody like do you think they had sex 
Uh, well, no, I didn't. I don't think so. But now that you mention it, it might have been implied. Like it, it, like that scene looked like it might have been the first time that they both thought about it. But now that you mention it, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe it's happened already, and they're sort of like uh, not fully accepting what happened or something like that. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, I think they got close to that, and they sort of were like, what the hell, like get off me, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I got you. Uh, but man, I just love it. It's a simple story. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Weird mermaid action in it. A hungover Robert Pattinson spilling shit all over himself was amazing. Like, it was awesome. And I can't really find a flaw other than I can't understand Willem Dafoe. And <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Totally, totally. Nice. Um, all right. So that's a, that was actually a fantastic review right? for the movie. Um, What's your uh, number four? Steven? Okay. So coming in at number four for me is actually Marriage Story, um, a film that I've been super excited about pretty much since the first trailer came out. Um, Noah Baumbach is also a great filmmaker. Francis Haw is a good film. The Mayerowitz Stories is also a great film. Um, but more so than anything... I just love Adam Driver. I think anything that Adam Driver touches turns to gold. I think he's easily the best part of the the Star Wars um sequel trilogy. I think um he's probably the best actor in all the Star Wars in my opinion. Yeah, he's up there with you and McGregor, um Samuel Jackson. Um but back to Adam Driver. He's great in Silence, he's great in Patterson. Um, he's also in the Mayerowitz stories and Francis Hall, so he has a uh, least repertoire with Noah Baumbach. Um, I think the film is very real. Um, it's definitely an emotional, an emotional film, but I think the film doesn't work as well if you don't have um, actors who can carry their weight. And I think Scarlett Johansson, I know Scarlett Johansson gets a lot of shit nowadays because, you know, it's easy to meme about her film choices, like, you know, Ghost in the Shell and all that shit. Um, but I think, honestly, she's one of the best actresses in Hollywood right now. And Oh, my God. Yeah. And I think the chemistry between her and Adam Driver, I think, I don't want to say carries the film because that does a disservice for everything else because I think the dialogue in this film is absolutely fantastic. I think... Uh, Laura Dern as Nora is amazing in this film. Uh, Ray Liotta too, who is a pretty pleasant surprise. Um, I think really everyone in this movie is firing on all cylinders, but I think Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson themselves are on another level. And I think Adam Driver personally is my front runner to win the Best Actor um, Oscar. I think he should have won the Golden Globe over uh, Joaquin. I think Joaquin, you know, gave an incredible performance, but I think Adam Driver is otherworldly in this movie, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I think the dialogue is incredibly smart. I think the film handles tension in a really smart way, you know, underlying, you know, a lot of the funny moments with, um, you know, this sense of, you know, tension between what the two are going through. Um, like I said before, I think the film is a very real t- 
take on divorce. I know a lot of, I know it's based on the director's, you know, divorce in real life. So he is bringing his firsthand experience into this. But, you know, a lot of movies tend to like glamorize, or not glamorize, but they try to put, you know, one side in favor of the other. Uh, where in this film, you know, you could kind of s- sympathize with both characters. Um, I, I just love this film. Like what this movie does like too that I think is awesome is it shows like the ugly side of divorces um and like oh, the side yeah. that people don't realize is coming when they're getting a divorce um obviously like if 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 you if both parties involved feel like there's a, a divorce is needed or even if one party involved thinks that the, the, a divorce is needed you know you want to take the necessary steps to doing it but this shows you those steps you know getting a lawyer and 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 you know going to you know figure out who's getting custody of the kid and all that stuff and it's it's it goes into this crazy depth with it that we don't ever see in a movie you know mm-hmm. and that's why i really appreciate about that yeah like um i'm gonna go ahead and say some light spoilers uh for this film I think the one scene that really, really got me was when Charlie walked in um, to his ex-mother-in-law kind of, um, you know, like being silly with the new boyfriend. Yes, 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 yes. That fucked me up, man. Like that scene in particular, um, I think really encapsulates Charlie's whole character and like what he goes through in in this film. Totally. Um, so that's my number four, Marriage Story. Another Netflix film. That's three Netflix films in my top ten. And I have always shit on Netflix movies because they turn out some garbage. But this has been a great year for them. Very good year. Um, totally. Uh, John, what's your number four? Uh, my number my number four is Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi. Um, I'm not going to really get too much into it because uh, JP said a lot of things about it that I, you know, kind of agree with and kind of disagree with. But um, in t- in general, I pretty much like I love this movie. I liked the, the tone shifts that it took. And when the movie was f- funny, I thought it was extremely funny. And when the movie was serious, I thought it was like so serious that I was getting like emotional. You know, mm-hmm. I was like at the edge of my seat for certain scenes and. It's very strange to be talking about like a comedy, I guess you could say, and and say that um the movie is just like a multi-genre film that I, it just, you know, ex- ex- it exceeded my expectations and I was already going in with high expectations to begin with. Um and I just loved it, man. Like the, I I thought my Siri just went off. I don't know what I said <laughs> to do that. I heard that. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um jojo rabbit i think is just fantastic and like you said earlier i think scarlett johansson is having a fantastic career and a year i mean you know avengers endgame jojo rabbit marriage story like what a year that she's had um and i think she was awesome in this film um yeah man i mean this movie is just it's 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 so good it, it's so so good that's why it's on my number four i loved it a lot um what would you be? What would be your your number four, JP? The Irishman. Mm. Mm. I, uh, you guys have talked about it. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it. The only thing I want to say is, surrounding this film has been a lot of talk, rightfully so, about Joe Pesci, about Al Pacino's performances. They're awesome. I think Joe Pesci has 
Well, I'm not going to say. But he definitely is the highlight of this film for me. But I would agree. What doesn't get a lot of recognition and, and talk is De Niro. De Niro has some of. I know this is going to sound like I'm over exaggerating, but there are certain scenes, like the breakfast scene with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. That is some of the best acting I've ever seen come from anybody. Anybody. And this is like including De Niro's own stuff from Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, arguably two of the best films ever. Two of the best acted films ever. De Niro gives just as good as a performance in this film than he has in his best films. That breakfast scene with Joe Pesci is... It's subtle, but it tells you so everything you need to know about what this person is going through. The film, in uh, the essence of the film, is just the Nero's struggle to keep his three families aflo- afloat: his actual family, his mob family, and his connection to Jimmy Hoffa. Mm-hmm. And when those things come crumbling down around him, the way De Niro just plays that on his face is just a thing of beauty. One of the best actors of all time, man. Yeah, man. He, the conversation he has with Al Pacino, the conversation he has with Joe Pesci at breakfast, that whole sequence from breakfast to... Well, I don't know if I should say enough, uh, but whatever. That whole sequence when he goes in the car, gets on the plane, does what he does, comes back. It's, it's intense. one of the greatest sequences in any Martin Scorsese film or any film of this past year. It was... Yeah, I loved all that. I loved Violence all was that. beautiful. I, th- I, I thought the third act of the movie was fantastic. And and uh, I kind of am like in the middle. Like I do think there are certain scenes that didn't need to be there. But then I also sort of second guess that. And I say, well, maybe the fish scene didn't need to be there. Where <laughs> they're arguing about like, you know, what kind of fish did you get? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, why is this here? But then also like, well, maybe this sheds light into like who these characters are. That, you know, they sort of, whatever. Point is, this film, I've seen it twice now, believe it or not. Six hours of my life. Um, Damn. And I... Uh, That's some commitment. I know, man. I just, I needed to, like, be in this world again. Like, it was, it was such a really well-told story, well-acted, and uh, I don't want to say too much because I'm just going to keep rambling about every movie that I'm fucking, I have on this list. So, <laughs> let's just keep moving. I actually wrote uh, before mm-hmm. we continue. I, you know, a scene that I, I'm sure you can agree with me too that I love in this movie mm-hmm. is the scene where he has to make the phone call. Oh, oh my god, that one too is. It's like there's literally no one there with him. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how they filmed that scene. You know, was someone actually on the phone line? Maybe not. Probably not. But it's like it was literally like, you know, he's he's by himself and he's acting and talking and and. It, like he puts on this performance that entire sequence and i'm like holy fuck dude like this guy is like literally one of the best actors ever like and it's like it shows in this film it, definitely yeah that scene is heartbreaking and it just it and i think yep. that's the most you'll get from this from that character to that's as close you get to a, like a breakdown because this person is so reserved and so so uh trained or programmed to sort of not show that weakness um even when everything is crumbling around around him, like he, that's like the most explosive he gets. He's just kind of like shedding tears, like 
on a phone, like with no one around him. Like it's it's beautiful, and the way the movie ends also is just just it, no it, no other Scorsese film ends that way. It's just sad, just death, you know. Like it's just ugh. It's just, yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's it's so good, man. Um. Okay, so let's uh let's dabble into our uh, top three. This is like I feel like the you know the real meat of our lists. This is where the ones that I feel like we're pretty passionate mm-hmm. about. Um, so getting into it, Stephen, what is your number three? Alrighty, so my number three, which I think is the one film I've seen that neither of you two have seen, is Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. Mm. Now, to my defense, I've been trying to watch this movie, and the subtitles don't come up on my screen on my TV for whatever reason, and I refuse to watch it on a laptop. So. I'll get back to you on that. I have now, no excuse. Now, Bong Joon-ho is an incredible, incredible director. Um, you yep. might know him from Snowpiercer. He's made Memories of Murder, The Host, Barking Dogs Never Bite, Okja, which I wasn't a big fan of, but you can definitely see you know, the brilliance behind it. Um... But man, Parasite is on another is on another level. I think this film, I think, is the masterpiece of 2019, and I don't throw that word around lightly. I think on a technical level, I think Parasite is the best film of the year. However, it's not my number one because I quite frankly just enjoyed my number one and two films more than than this film but that's not a knock on this because this film is is absolutely incredible the framing the cinematography the acting in this film is is amazing um the themes of this movie you know like class discrepancy and what it says about society i think it does it way better than other films that try to do it. Like Joker comes to mind. Um, this film just feels more, I guess, more honest in its messages than Joker. You get me? It doesn't feel as forced. Um, this movie's just brilliant. It's definitely a movie that I need to see again. Um, just because obviously there's so much to it. And I think, it's one of those films that really requires a second viewing, but I just I just love this film <laughs> and Bong Joon Ho is in himself. I think um, Korean or well, Korean film industry is really the best right now behind the American film industry, obviously. Mm. But I think a lot of people you know dismiss these types of films, and I know Bong Joon Ho said this at, at the Golden Globes because of the subtitles and it's a shame that a lot of people don't give these films the opportunity that that they deserve because you know that they're they're foreign language films um but i think you should give this film an, an opportunity i'd say try to sit past the subtitles personally i hate watching films with subtitles unless they're foreign language films but definitely give this film a chance if if you're on the fence and really pay attention because, in my opinion, this film is the masterpiece of the year. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch it. I mean, the one thing that I've heard um, from a lot of people is don't let any of the spoilers, I guess, uh, like, don't 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 try to, like, you know, read into any of the spoilers or anything. Like, let the movie uh, play out with a fresh mind. Definitely go into um, it blind. Yeah, and I, I'm uh I'm excited to go into or I'm I'm excited to watch it. Like I'm I'm gonna really really try to watch it in the next few days, man. Like I, I've been trying to watch it, dude, but like the subtitles just don't goddamn come up on the goddamn TV. So I, once I figure that out, I'm uh I'm I'm gonna watch it, and I'm I'm excited, man. I I mean I haven't seen it obviously, but like Bong Joon Ho, which I do want to watch his other movies. I'm actually gonna put those on my watch list on Letterbox. Um, but Snowpiercer is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I don't know. I, I think Steven has seen it. I don't know if you've no, seen it, JP, seen it but I love, love, love that movie. Chris Evans is actually the main actor in that. It's, it's so good, bro. It's so, I love that movie. So I didn't even know that he did Parasite until like the other day. I was like, wait, the guy that did Snowpiercer made Parasite. So I was like, I have to watch well, this Well, um, um, Parasite actually just... Uh, past The Godfather and is now the number one narrative feature film on Letterbox, like rated. Has an, aver- wow. an average rating of 4.6. Holy shit. That's fantastic. Yep. Damn, I- I'm going to have to watch this movie ASAP, yep. man. Um, but yeah, I I'm I-, I-, I feel like I can probably recommend the movie without even seeing it, man. <laughs> like I've-, I've heard such great things. Um, but with that being said, my number three is actually uncut gems with adam sandler um i went into this movie with very very high expectations and it uh i I would i would say that it it exceeded my expectations um the movie's directed by uh josh and benny safty um we talked about it no we didn't talk about it earlier they directed good time which if you know for those of you listening that haven't seen that movie Good Time is a movie with Robert Pattinson um, and uh, with Josh Shafty, I believe. Like, he's he's like one of the directors is, is also starring in the movie. Um, it is like a very similar movie to Uncut Gems where it's literally just you're on the edge of your seat in this roller coaster ride of a movie. Um, and you're just literally like having an anxiety attack <laughs> the entire time. Um, it, I, I like these two. These guys like have made. I, I think these are the only two films they've made um they've made some incredible like intense movies man and i want to see more of it like it's like their style of directing is just fun bro I, I really really loved it and i think adam sandler you know gives one of his best performances ever in this film um we kind of like talked about it uh you know before we started the podcast like adam sandler does a lot of movies and you just see adam sandler on screen you know um and it's these are mostly the movies that aren't good um a lot of these comedy movies that he has been releasing over the past like you know 20 years um this movie like you you maybe see adam sandler for like one second when the movie starts and then boom after that you just like you just don't see him anymore you see his character and you see him just go bonkers in this movie and it's so good and Honestly, the biggest surprise of this movie too is uh, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is literally playing himself in the movie, but he does a great job, and it's like you never like get taken out of it, which I was a little scared about. I was like hesitant going into it, like, damn, bro, like Kevin Garnett is in this movie, like, you know what I mean? Like when you get like celeb or or like athletes to you know act in movies, like it's usually not good at all. But Kevin Garnett was surprisingly 
really good. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. My um, only question is, I, I de- how was the weekend? How was all oh, the weekend? Wait, thought he was, he was asking like how your weekend went. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I had to think about that for a second. Have you, have no, you seen no, the I movie haven't or seen no? no? I just know that the weekend's. All in. right, that's why I figured. Yeah, the weekend. Um, he's actually not in it for very long. Uh, I don't really want to like give any spoilers away. Um, he actually plays himself too. Um, but he he's in a movie for such a short amount of time that you don't really get to see him act. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And you'll see what I mean when okay. you watch it. Um, but he's fine. But like like Kevin Garnett is literally acting in this movie, and he does he does brilliant for you know. What wait, he's so, given, wait, Kevin is, Garnett doesn't play himself. He, well, bro, when you're playing your like yourself for the script, you're not playing yourself. Yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> That's like scriptception. I don't know, bro. Like, we're getting so deep into this shit now. <laughs> um. But yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uncut Gems for sure. I think is a top three movie of the year. Um. I'm surprised that Steven and uh JP haven't seen it because like there's been a lot of hype for this movie yeah. and um. And I know, I know. JP just said that he's he recently watched Good Time and loved it. So I know for a fact Ooh, you will like Uncut Gems. Good so time, man. if you if you're in for a good time, wow, watch those two. Savage. Nope. Ooh, no pun on. intended. Ooh. It was good. It was good. It was good. Ooh. <laughs> All right, JP. What's your number um, three? Uh, marriage Story. Um, oh wow. The it. I went into it like ready to hate it. All I saw on, you know, Instagram and, like, whatever, Twitter and all that bullshit, like, oh, my God, that scene in Marriage Story, this movie's so real, it's this and that, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, I'm like, fuck this fucking bullshit, like, these two privileged people are gonna argue about whatever, like, but then when I saw it, I was pleasantly surprised, I thought it was surprisingly hilarious, there were moments in it that I genuinely felt sad. Um, Adam Driver, like you said before, is like awesome in this movie. I've always liked him. I even liked him in that movie. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It's called uh, Patterson. Where literally, I love that movie. Literally, nothing happens in that movie, and he's just like he just he just says poetry. Yeah, he just writes poetry and and he eats a sandwich for lunch every day. Like it's it's like strange, and he just hangs out with his wife and his dog, and it's. And he kills it. Like he's just really like underappreciated and um uh, and really really knocks it out of the park in this one. Uh Scarlett Johansson, I think it's it's hard for me to really separate her from the character she's playing because she's Scarlett Johansson and she's perfect. And when I see her like uh giving that monologue about like her career and how she was struggling and this and that. I have a hard time buying in because she's Scarlett Johansson, but that's just my dumb idiot brain. Like when I see this movie, I'm like, she's a great actress. Mm, she's dude. fantastic. And so once I kind of put that aside, I saw for the second time this year, she plays a, a, a mother and it's like, it's, it's a, you, 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 I believe it 100% you know and and she ties shoes Mm -hmm. as a mother in both those films oh yeah she does look at that um she uh uh damn i forgot what i was gonna say she uh i know john always does that (laughs) shit bro no no no, but she um fuck you steven (laughs) that opening uh those two opening monologues where they kind of you know describe each other 
Man, I love a great open, man. That was awesome. I think it was genuine. I thought it was great. The writing is great. Um, the scene, the argument scene, um, it is great. I'm not going to knock it. I think it's a really great scene. But I will say it didn't make me sad. I never really like when actors go big, you know? It, it either works or it doesn't. Um, I get you. In this case, it did. Uh, but the scenes that I love more are more, you know, Adam Driver dressed as the invisible man waiting for his son to arrive to his empty hotel at like in mm. like at like midnight or something. I don't know, like late at night. It was like 10 o'clock at night when, you know, people were already me, going to sleep. I, it, it drove me insane and it, and it drilled a hole in my heart harder than the arguments and like seeing him cry and all that stuff like yeah like it got to me but like having him with his son and seeing the like the the shit he's putting his son through just to like spend like halloween with him you know it's not thanksgiving or christmas it's like halloween and it's just one little thing that he's you know he just wants to like be with his son and it's the wrong place wrong time it's like la in the city late at night nobody's open like nobody's giving out candy it's like so sad and like you see the the torment that it's being put on you know on these two people you know and and how getting lawyers involved can kind of muddy the waters and make this thing that was make this beautiful love this very quickly can become like a a thing of hatred and i think it's told really well i think alan alda the guy who plays um Adam Driver's law, uh, lawyer steals the fucking movie for me. He he's awesome. awesome. Yeah, definitely. He he's was so good. On like he's so goddamn funny. He when he goes into that story, and like halfway through it, Adam Driver's just like, "Am I paying for this story?" I fucking cracked up. <laughs> yeah, I I love that scene. I this love that scene. This movie is surprisingly f- and Ray Liotta. Like you said earlier, I was like, "Holy shit, Ray Liotta's in this movie!" Like. Just a treat. That was just a cherry on top, man. Like everything about this movie, I, I have no complaints. I think it was absolutely perfect. I think, uh, you know, besides me not being able to separate Scarlett Johansson from the character she's playing, I think beyond that, like this movie is awesome, and it's like therapy, and I loved it. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk about it, but I'm gonna wait because it's on my list. Oh. Um, so that's a great that was actually a fantastic review. Like that was fucking phenomenal. Um so that was our number three. What's your number two, Steven? Alright, so my number two is Jojo Rabbit, which was actually my <clears throat> most anticipated film of the year behind mm. uh, Adventures Endgame. I have been looking forward to this for a really long time. Um really I look forward to anything Taika Waititi is is attached to he's quickly become one of my favorite current working directors um like jp what you said earlier in the episode about you not really finding taika like his comedy doesn't really you know resonate with you Mm -hmm. um he fucking kills me bro he cracks me up and i think as a director i think he's he's absolutely brilliant uh what we do in the shadows is a great film boy is is great i love thor ragnarok um hunt for the wilder people is great um even the episodes of of the mandalorian that he did i think well though i think he did one episode the season finale he did the last the last um episode, i think yeah. that's the best episode of the series mm. yep um definitely. so i i was excited for this film literally since the second it was announced 
there was a little bit of backlash towards the beginning. Um, like when the film first aired at Con, I think it played at Con first. Um, people were like, "Oh, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, this genre of film or this type of film, you know, this Holocaust film, uh, should have any sort of humor in it." However, I think, and I think you did a great job bringing up Jerry Lewis's "The Day the Clown Cried" because he literally decided to never show that movie as long as he lives. Um. But I think the way Taika Waititi handled the comedy in this film is absolutely brilliant. I think it's never played explicitly for laughs, like, like, like to make a cheap joke. Mm-hmm. You get me? I think the joke, or at least the comedy in this film, um, always derives from either I think Adolf Hitler's portrayal in this film, which I think yeah, absolutely. was absolutely, I, I think was absolutely brilliant and. And surprisingly, pretty layered, because um, you know, as the film goes on, I said it in in the Jojo Rabbit episode. You can see Adolf's, you know, character. I say that in quotations since he's an imaginary friend in this film. You can see him change gradually as uh, Jojo's mindset begins to change, and as mm-hmm. you know, he begins to realize, you know, the severity and you know the evilness of you know the Nazi Party. You can see Adolf's, you know, his imagination of Adolf starting to to be more like Adolf, like in real life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's brilliant. I think Scarlett Johansson gives a surprisingly great performance. Roman Griffin Davis was great. I think um, the girl, what's her name? Shit. Um... The main Jewish girl who who he finds that his mom is hiding mm-hmm. in the attic. Um, oh my god! Man, she's spoiler, her but... name. Her name. Oh, Thomas and Mackenzie. There we go. Thomas and Mackenzie gives a great, sweet performance that I think is really the like is really the underlying heart of this film. I think the film doesn't really work if you don't have that sort of chemistry between the two leads, and I really think they knocked it out of the park. Sam Rockwell was great. Even Rubble Wilson, who I don't really care for too much, I think uh, was pretty good given, you know, with what she was given. Alfie Allen was a pleasant surprise. Stephen Merchant was great. I I just think the film has a lot of heart and I was really pleasantly surprised with how they handled, you know, the comedy and and the serious moments. Uh, I know John said it earlier uh, when he spoke about Jojo Rabbit is that the film really knows when to be serious and when to be funny. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, I think the funnier moments um, actually help elevate the more serious moments. You got what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it, it sort of makes it almost like a little more human in a sense. I would agree with that. And I think, I, and I think this type of film is great for the diversity of of Holocaust cinema. I know you have the Shoahs, you have the. Saving Private Ryan's, you have the Resistance Bankers, um, and I think Jojo Rabbit is just another film, you know, in this in this subgenre that really solidifies this subgenre as one of the most important in in film, just because of the subject matter and how different directors tackle, you know, said subject matter. And I think mm-hmm. Taika Waititi does does an excellent job at that. So that's Jojo Rabbit's my number two. 
Um, I don't want to go too in depth just because this is episode is running long as shit, and I spoke about Jojo Rabbit for like an hour in another episode. Yeah. Um, but that's my number two. Uh, John, what's yours? Uh, my number two is the Lighthouse, which, uh, like you said, we've talked about plenty of times on uh our with our podcast. Um, I really have don't have much to say. I feel I feel like JP said everything that I wanted to say. Like I, the movie was like super um experimental which i could really appreciate with the you know the aspect ratio and the and the movie being in black and white and all that stuff um i i really really love that man and it like kind of like helped you like immerse yourself into this uh into this story and um the acting i thought was brilliant and i am actually upset that robert downey jr robert, <laughs> robert downey jr <laughs> Yo, Tony Stark is in this movie. What movie were you watching? <laughs> I meant to say Robert oh. Pattinson. Um, I'm so disappointed that um, Robert Pattinson and um, Willem Dafoe weren't nominated for like anything for being in these movies or being in this movie. Like, would you guys agree with that? I mean, it's the Golden Globes, bro. Like, yeah, I know, but like, I, I want, I, I, I just feel like the acting for for you know both of them was just so good man like i I want them to get you know some type of praise and this movie was like not talked about surprisingly i think defoe will get his oscar nom pattinson maybe not so much but i think defoe will get his oscar nomination i think so i think devoe should get the win but Mm -hmm. that's just me yeah i um i think like the the movie is just is batshit crazy and you literally watch two guys go insane over whatever amount of period of time they're on that fucking rock for um and it's just so fun and terrifying at the same time to you know watch unfold and i i had a blast at the movies that night so you know it's my number two i i it's actually one of my favorite movies like i i, I was like conduct like i made a list on on letterbox like my favorite movies ever and I was like thinking really hard about it, and I'm like, I think Lighthouse might be in this movie only because I love how different it is and like what we're used to getting. Now and I, um, now up? I kind of want to see the Lighthouse, but with Robert Downey Jr. and like Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie that we all want to watch. Want to watch that? Um, yeah, I think yeah. So like the Lighthouse is probably one of my favorite movies ever. Um. And it's just I had a great time with this film. I, I really have don't have much else to say other than that. It's 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 a great watch. Um I don't I definitely don't think it's for everybody. Um there's a lot there'll probably be a lot of people that watch this movie and just, you know, might get bored of it or you know, I just get turned off by it being in black and white or whatever, which, you know, it's grow it's up. a it's kind um, of a hard film to watch if you're like just a casual moviegoer, you get me? Like, I definitely yeah. wouldn't recommend. This yeah, to, like, like if you if you only go to the movies to watch like, like hey, superhero movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or if you go, if like you go only to watch like Fast and the Furious and shit, <laughs> like this would probably yeah, be like the last like movie this. I ever recommend you. Yeah, on honestly, a lot of farts. Um, but yeah, the movie's movie. fancy. A lot of farts, bro. They, I wonder if someone's ever conducted a list of the most farts in a movie because this has to be number it one. It was. It was for no, this movie. No, no, Swiss Army Man. Oh, oh, boy. oh! Wow, that's which a is a, a great movie. Jeez, Did, that is a great, great yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. So, um, at, at the end of the day, that's this movie's fantastic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right, JP, what's your number two? My number two. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but uh. 
it's it's called the art of self-defense and i didn't see a lot of people talking about it really it's it's get this it's jesse eisenberg learning how to defend himself through the art of karate i was definitely not expecting that this movie have you seen it um, I have not, but I I know of it. This movie is fucking awesome, and it's perfect, and it's 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 got hints of like Fight Club. It's got hints of like, uh, uh, God, what's this movie? Anyways, Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> is like the best he's ever been, and I'm including The Social Network. This is probably his best performance, in my opinion. It's my favorite. Um, the guy playing the uh, antagonist in this film, uh, I forget his name, Alessandro, uh, Alessandro something. He, N- yeah, Nivola? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he gives a fucking, like, I hate his character so much. Like, I've never hated a movie character like this. He gives a great performance. The story is simple. It's clean. It's a guy who's who's like learning how to. Um, you know, overcome his fears through uh, through karate, you know? And it's simple, it's dark. Like, the humor is dry, but very dark. It's violent, unexpectedly violent. Really? Yeah, it's unexpectedly violent. It, it has a moment, kind of like in Once Upon a Time, like, it has a moment of foreshadowing in it that's brilliant, and it's completely unexpected. And you say, why is this moment happening? And then it shows up at the end of the movie and you're like holy fucking shit and it's one of those character arcs that you see in a film that are like that's like it's it's memorable and it sticks with you at least for me you know this is like a personal favorite movie of mine i think beyond just in 2019 i think it's one of the best films i've seen in a really long time over the the last five years i'll say I I literally just added it to my watch list on the I box. literally just did the same thing too. <laughs> it's it's fun, man. It's not like, you know, it's a, it's it's an independent film. It's, it's an hour and a half. It's a nice It's yeah. on Hulu, I see. I literally I watched it today <laughs> again for the, Really? For the third time. Um Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you watched it today for the first time. I was no, like, no, holy no, shit. No, 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 for the third time. I saw, I saw it. It's it, it's fun, man. It's really really fun. It, it has uh themes of like masculinity and like you know uh, what what does being a man really mean but it's all very light and and the humor once again is like really dry and the performances are great and the dog the he he, there's a dog in this movie and he's the most adorable fucking thing that i've ever seen in my entire life uh Hmm. and that's about it we love dogs over here at backlot so (laughs) um Sold me. Yeah, watch this movie. Uh-huh. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually gonna get around to watching this. Damn, I, I was I was aware of this film. I like Jesse Eisenberg. Um, I think The Social Network is the best and most important film of the 2010s. Mm. Uh, so I am a big fan of his and everything except Batman vs Superman. But um, oh yeah, no no argument here. <laughs> but I, I'm definitely gonna get it around to watching this yeah, pretty soon. Oh, and that's the thing that I wanted to say. Sorry to cut you off, but like um, no, no, you're good. the same way Michael Sarah, uh, like that juxtaposition of seeing Michael Michael Sarah in Scott Pilgrim, like kicking everyone's ass, like just seeing that and seeing like, well, this doesn't make sense, but it's awesome to see this like loser character sort of 
be this badass, like that sort of contrast is awesome. And it's, it's, there's, there's hints of it. It's not like it's, it's not so much like that, but it's, there's hints of it and it's, Mm. it's really entertaining, at least for me to watch. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's awesome. I'm actually excited to watch that. It sounds so right? good. It's so good. Dude. Um. <clears throat> all right, so my number one. I'm not gonna talk about it too much because it's already been spoken about twice already. But my number one film of the year is The Lighthouse. Mm. If Parasite hadn't come out this year, I'd say that this is the masterpiece of the year. Um. However, it's pretty close, honestly. Um. I think the film is fucking brilliantly directed. Um. I think all the little details that um, Robert Eggers, you know, puts into his into the production of this film just adds to it. I think Robert Pattinson and this is you, you know this year has been a great year for duos, dude. You had Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. You had Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. You had um, Adam Driver and and scarlett johansson this year has been, has been a really good year robert downey jr and chris evans oh yeah true in uh, <laughs> the lighthouse part two um <laughs> the lighthouse goes event or the avengers go to the lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't want to talk about this too much because again it's been spoken about twice already but i think this film is such a creatively a creatively made thriller i i I struggle to call this a horror film just because it really isn't Uh, and you know i was never really scared watching this film like i was with the witch um there definitely are some horror elements to it um definitely some things in this film that i was not expecting uh like the farts and (laughs) um i would say it probably has my favorite ending of the year um Mm. again i i could talk about this much longer um but i think everything that i would say has already been said so that's my number one film of 2019 the lighthouse john what's yours actually i'm sorry do you mind so quick no yeah go ahead ahead. this question is for both of you what do you think the lighthouse represented if it if it did represent anything what do you think was in the light Mm, um okay i said this when i first when we spoke about it um in the lighthouse episode i think it's an allegory to the um to the greek story of of prometheus Mm. and like i think it's a very loose allegory but um you know prometheus you know stealing fire from the gods and you know bringing it to earth I think like that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I also think that the whole idea of the lighthouse could be in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that uh, I think Robert Pattinson's character uh, is actually like dead. I like. Oh. I think it's like a loop. Mm. I think. I think like Robert. One of the things is that Robert Pattinson's character is like in this like constant loop of like torture of like hell, because I think the head. That he fu- that he pulls out of like the lobster trap looked a lot like him. I I, I wasn't one hundred percent sure if it was like Robert Pattinson's, um, like uh, his head. You get me that mm-hmm. he pulls out, um, but it really looked a lot <laughs> like it. So uh, I, I'm leaning towards that like it's either the story of Prometheus or that like he's in this like constant state of like hell on this rock. You get me? Mm. Okay, let's go. Cool. 
Yeah, I, I kind of like what Steven said. I, I, for the most, I had a whole theory when I walked out of the movie. I don't even remember. It what made it no was fucking now, sense, bro. <laughs> yeah, like I literally just like, like as like I digested, you know, what I saw. I kind of, you know, came to the conclusion that it was all in his head, and that it could be like a sign of, you know, like his insanity and and it just growing and growing and. I don't know. It's it's. I really don't think it was as deep as a lot of people are making it out to be. But I mean, like I said, like we've been saying, it's up for interpretation. So that's what I love about this film. Um, I also think. I also think that um, that one of my other interpretations was that the birds themselves, the seagulls, uh, were cursed. Mm. So when when he killed the seagull, um, like everything just went fucking downhill for him, bro. Like. He just started descending into this madness, especially because Willem Dafoe was like, bro, you can do whatever you want, but don't fuck with the seagulls. Like, that's the one thing you can't do. Mm -hmm. And then Robert Pattinson went and just smashed one all up against the rock and shit. But that scene was crazy, bro. Like, we've talked about the podcast, but like, you thought that was going to be like a three second thing of him like smacking the bird. But you watch him smack that bird for like three minutes. It's like uncomfortably long, but then... It's yeah, good though. Like, it, it's one of those things. Smack that bird. Is that a yeah? Euphemism? It's. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually wanted to do that to John several times. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, we've discussed mm-hmm. a lot of lighthouse in this podcast, which I'm not surprised. My number one, which is another thing that I'm not going to get too crazy about, is the marriage story. Nice. Um, I actually thought. When I saw the lighthouse, I thought that it was gonna be my number one, you know, definite like not moving at all until I watched the marriage or marriage story, and um and I, I just fell in love with the film, man. I loved everything about it, and the acting, I thought was phenomenal. Um, like we've said, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson acted their fucking asses off. Uh. And you feel this like tension between them, and then you also like feel bad for them, but then like you get both sides of the argument. It's like so much is going on that I I really really love and appreciate, and it's so good, man. Like it, like I like I I said it earlier, but it shows you know the ugly side of divorces and 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 all the nest the steps that go into it, and, and the very it's, the it's, often very real side of divorces. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it, what's sad about it too is like you can at the end of the day like you're watching this, you know, divorce happen on screen and it's t- sad in a, in a sense that like these two people at the end of the day love each other um and 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 care about each other, but like it's like a step that they have to take for themselves. And um I don't know. I I just I just love, bro, I really love this fucking movie. Like I, I did not think I was going to love it as much as I did. And and that whole scene that like you guys were talking about earlier with the argument with them, like I was like, that was like a scene that, um, my I was like my I stopped breathing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was like, I was like at the edge of my seat, and then finally, like when 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 they stopped arguing and like you know the scene changed or whatever, or like when he started breaking down crying, I was like, yeah, <sighs> like holy <laughs> fuck, bro! Like that was intense. You know what I mean? Like. I felt like I was watching my parents fight yeah. or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was so good, bro. I loved it. I, I loved everything about that movie, man. Hmm. Awesome. And so, Marriage Story, you're number one. They have a lot of Marriage Story in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. We're some emotional wrecks. <laughs> um, JP, what's your number one? 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hmm. This movie, nice. uh, I have seen. Ask me how many times I've seen this movie. Seven. How many times have you seen this movie? Holy fuck. Oh my God. This movie John can't seven. even count to seven. <laughs> I can't. That's a true story. I have seen this movie, I shit you not, seven times. Like the last few times I just have it on in the background just because I, 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 I just fucking need to be in that world. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Leo is phenomenal. I think the first few times I saw the movie, I was like, this is Brad Pitt's movie. But then slowly but surely, like like a like a good album or any good movie, like you you go back over and over and you and you start to see the little details. And his performance, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, is the best performance that I've seen, my favorite of all year. He is able to, in just one scene, portray three different people. Yes, I was thinking about that when I watched. Or two, actually. Sorry, he's Leo DiCaprio as Rick Dalton playing. Uh, I forget his character's name, but he's like he's playing two different characters. There's so many layers to that scene, and I was like, "Holy!" Sh-. And I was invested in that scene in the western, not as Rick Dalton playing. The, it's crazy. It's crazy. What I love about this film, like any other film, especially like a Pulp Fiction or something, and. and uh, like in Tarantino's filmography, Pulp Fiction is like four different short stories mashed together into one to make one cohesive mm-hmm. story. This shit is like twelve, and it's yeah. <laughs> and it's like turned up to eleven, and it's like like one minute to the next, you're you're in like a, a fake movie, um, like in the first meeting with uh, Leo and Al Pacino, there's like cutscenes to like different movies and not only do you have like just quick like five second cutscenes like just showing you what he was doing you actually are there long enough to get invested in it and then the second you're back in that table with Pacino you're like like holy shit okay we're back in once upon a time like every decision made in this film is brilliant the music is amazing every single person hits it out of the park same thing with the Irishman too like it's so many people. It's a great year for ensemble cast. Yes, man. Yes, man. And 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 everything about this film is perfect. Uh, it's a fun hang. That's what I love about it. It's just a hang. And I, I can sit here and tell you what the plot is. And I don't. I just never. I never cared about the plot. Never cared. I just wanted to hang out with Brad Pitt, Charlie Manson. Not so much with, with my boys, uh, Leo and Brad. You yeah, know, just exactly. Kick just it with just them. kick it. You know. And just being there in the '60s and stuff, and just like everything about this film, man. The stylistically, the choices, the everything, everything. I loved it, man. I'm actually really tired, and I can't think of anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what I feel like this movie uh, does a really good job with too is that, um, like, you really get to see Quentin Tarantino's love mm-hmm. of film in this movie. Oh yeah, this is definitely it's like it's like a love letter to Hollywood. a love a love letter. Yeah. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And it's it's so awesome to see. Damn. All right. So um just a quick recap. JP's number one film of the year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. John's number one film of the year, Marriage Story, and my number one film of the year, The Lighthouse. All in all, I'd say it was a pretty good year in terms of film. In my opinion, better than twenty eighteen and, and twenty seventeen. I agree. Um 
Although I wouldn't say as good as 2016. That's one of my favorite movie years of all time. But um, pretty good year. Although not pretty good. Um, now really quickly, let's let's run through some bonus things before we wrap this up. Um, I know JP said his favorite performance of the year was Leo DiCaprio. Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, John, what's yours? My favorite performance is definitely uh, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. I think that he is by far the best actor. Um. Or the best, like this is by far the best performance of the year, and and he's like become one of my favorite actors ever, and um, I'm really hoping this guy wins an Oscar, man. Yeah, agreed. Um, my favorite performance of the year, I'd have to give to Adam Driver in Marriage Story as well. Although mm. a close second, uh, I would give to Robert Pattinson in The Lighthouse. Yeah, I, I was gonna and, say Robert Pattinson too. I was juggling between the two. Um, and Eddie Murphy as um. As Rudy Ray Moore, uh, I would I have to give him that recognition up there. Um, now, guys, what is your biggest disappointment of the year? Do you, do you guys want me to start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, this one's easy for me. Uh, my biggest disappointment of the year is Joker. Mm. Um, as those of you who listen to the Joker podcast know, I think the film tries too hard to be something that it's not. I think it tries too hard to emulate other films instead of being its own film. I think Joaquin Phoenix is that film's only saving grace, and I think that he elevates that film entire one hundred percent, like entirely. I think if you take Joaquin Phoenix out of that film, that it is a terrible movie. Um, I don't understand the hype Todd Phillips has been getting um, for like best director and whatnot. I don't think he should be anywhere near that conversation. Um, I just, I, I, I just don't get the movie, and I was pretty excited for it beforehand. Um, but after seeing it, it left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. I, mm. I think it's a film that doesn't really know what it wants to do and what it wants to be. Um, it just tries to be edgy, I guess. I mean, like, hey, look, well, Queen Phoenix gives a good, uh, cool performance. Here you guys go. Um, I was going to say The Rise of Skywalker, but I don't know. I guess The Last Jedi really killed most of the hype I had for The Rise of Skywalker. Um so I wasn't really as excited for that movie as I was for a couple other ones, which is actually pretty crazy considering I fucking love Star Wars. <laughs> um, so that's my biggest disappointment of the year, Joker. Um, John, what's yours? Yeah, uh, pretty much what you just said. The Rise of Skywalker is probably my uh, biggest disappointment. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fanatic. I, you know, like I'm currently binge watching Clone Wars. I'm watching, or I'm playing, you know, Jedi Fallen Order. I, Steven and I play Star Wars Battlefront 2 every single night um wait you play battlefront 2 yeah i thought you just left your controller like on the floor <laughs> no that's that's only when we're doing starfighter assault <laughs> i don't understand what's happening um <laughs> he, he sucks it's just, at the it's game. honestly it's literally just it. okay i suck at starfighter assault which is where you fly the planes everything else i should have nice. seen anyways um i uh no I, I i love star wars man and this movie i thought was the biggest disappointment ever i remember like walking or i remember like like the the um like i said it in the in the podcast so i don't really want to go too crazy with it but the uh you know how every star wars film starts off with the opening mm -hmm. crawl i read the first two sentences of that shit and i was like i'm going to hate <laughs> this movie because all they're gonna the, the only introduction we're gonna get to palpatine is literally palpatine is back that's it nothing more so that really rubbed me the wrong way there's a lot of you know decisions that they make in this movie like you know uh Ky Kylo Ren and, and 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 well spoiler alert 
uh, Kylo Ren and um, Ray kissing. Oh God! Oh, I fucking God! I I I literally that might be the worst. I actually scene hadn't thought about Star that for Wars several movie, days, man. and I'm mad that you put that back in my head. <laughs> it's so it's so bad. Like, and I I just it's so forced, and what a waste of acting, <laughs> or like what a waste of like talent for Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they they could have just done something so much more passionate, oh, yeah, and they really? end it with a fucking yeah. kiss. Like, just give me a hug and I'd be fucking satisfied. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, all in all, I really didn't like the movie. I literally remember walking out of that mo- to go to the bathroom for five seconds. I I try not to go to the bathroom for movies that I love. But for this movie, I was like, I'm going to just go fucking go to the bathroom. I don't give yep. a fuck. And um, I remember like looking at like my brother's face and his face was like in awe of this movie. Like, I literally thought I was watching a little kid walk into Disney World. And I'm like, are we watching the same movie? So I remember when we walked out, he was like, that movie was fantastic. I loved everything about it. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, that's that's literally know. what happened with JP and I when we watched Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He hated it and I loved it. I, it was it's actually crazy. It's just well, yeah, it, it, it is funny how you know people's mm-hmm. tastes are different, but I feel like this movie is just not like a good movie. And I think JJ Abrams and Chris Terrio need to never write a or just never they should stop making movies. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I like J.J. Abrams. I, I like I, I liked Lost, and he he's the one that made Lost, so I'll give him that. But fuck, he like he completely fucked up like Anakin storyline. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, Rise of Skywalker sucked ass. <laughs> JP, what's your biggest disappointment? I was struggling between either Ford vs. Ferrari and uh, oh my god and Rise of Skywalker, but ultimately I didn't really have high hopes going into Ford vs. Ferrari. That was just a bad movie, but that's for another day. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, if we if we start arguing about this, bro, this episode will go on for like another thirty minutes. <laughs> you won't even like upload it. Um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and get this, I am a new Star Wars fan. I became a brand new Star Wars fan this year. Yes. Oh, wow. So interesting. I was uh, excited for Jedi Fallen Order. The video game, and I, uh, I was like, you know what? I've never given Star Wars a chance. Let me watch the first trilogy. Watched the first trilogy, loved it, absolutely loved it. Yeah, the, yeah, the original, yeah, the original trilogy, correct? Trilogy, uh, not the prequels. I still haven't seen the prequels, believe it or not. Um, yeah, really. Well, actually, I saw five minutes of Phantom Menace, and uh, when definitely, bro, definitely check them out. The first two are garbage, mm-hmm. but Revenge of the Sith is yeah, ridiculously good. If I have to through the first two to get to the third, I mean. I guess I'll do it, but Jesus, Jar Jar Binks. I mean, okay, no, it's terrible. But, uh, it's so but bad. Like, whatever. So I was like, okay, I watched the Force, the Force Unleashed, in the Last Jedi. I kind of thought it was kind of sloppy. I thought they were trying to do like a Marvel thing, but I was like, you know what? Last Jedi wasn't that bad. I'm gonna watch Rise of Skywalker. Hopefully, they do something good. And I mean, fuck. I mean, from the start, <laughs> like. The dead speak. I'm like, no. Nope, it's I'm it's a shit show. It's a shit show. <laughs> I went show. to the bathroom during the the, the scrawl or the crawl. Like I was like, fuck this, man. <laughs> I'm not even gonna take this serious. I should I, I should have probably think, done that I think too. They started the trilogy with Finn. Like the the first, like the first few minutes of of uh, the Force Awakens was awesome, and I was like, holy shit! Like 
this 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 guy this stormtrooper has like blood on his on his helmet and he's like conflicted and we're actually gonna see some like real character shit and then like they and then they take shit a huge completely. shit on his character finn is a nothing he's a nothing. he's a nobody he's a nobody he's nothing and he, and he's the the main reason why i think i hate this uh trilogy because like they had so much potential and they blew it in order to put all their chips into ray and i yeah what did what did you think of darth sidious um or ray being darth sidious's granddaughter i didn't think it was necessary i mean i didn't mind it but i also didn't think it was necessary like why like you've already set up the fact that she's like a nobody or whatever it's like okay now you've created this thing where anybody can exactly can be the hero can pick you you know what i mean i i i thousand percent and agree then, with that out of nowhere again with this bloodline bullshit like why does everything have to be so game of thronesy like just like why does everyone know, have to be just, related just be just have this person be her you know what i mean like mm-hmm. okay. you know what it reminds <laughs> me of too is like <laughs> when people used to say that oh i think mace windu is uh lando's lando's uh father i'm like because they're black, yeah, they're like, related. Like, not everybody yeah, has man. to be related, like, bro. No, <laughs> like, let these people no be their own characters. If, if, the, if the main theme of this new trilogy was you choose your own fate, then why make her the granddaughter of literally the most powerful villain in, in the Star Wars saga? Like, why? So, so, um, I literally just saw this tweet that's a picture of Luke, um, in Return of the Jedi talking to Leia. And it says, let's become ghosts and adopt a grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that's actually a yeah, perfect so way much to end I can that. say, but that's perfect. <laughs> All right, so this is a pretty fucking big episode. Damn. Um, Almost as long as the Irishman. <laughs> Almost. Actually, actually longer than... Actually, longer than Ford versus Ferrari. Oh Jesus! Well, thank God for that, right? That's actually crazy. <laughs> um, so that was our top ten films of 2019. Pretty solid list all around. You got some disappointments in there. Some of our favorite performances. Um, but all in all, just you know, films that that we really loved and films that we really recommend. Um, so with that, I think now is a good time as ever to end this episode. But stay tuned. We got a couple more episodes coming out um, next week. Um, don't know what film we're gonna watch yet because we're in fuck you January. Um, <laughs> well, nineteen seventeen comes out. Oh, on Friday. that's right. Okay, yeah, we're definitely gonna be talking about nineteen seventeen, which I know we've been dying to see. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, JP, it was awesome having you on, man. We definitely need to have you on more. Um, Thanks, brother. For sure. We'll be. We'll be uh, yeah, in the middle of your review, Stephen and I literally attacked each other. Like, definitely got to bring oh, it nice. back on, <laughs> bro. One hundred percent. You could have just said it, it to it, me. I would have. I know, yeah, but you were, you were like, the you were in the middle of like babbling about like like giving a really great mm-hmm. review. As I was like, God damn, this is actually like a really in depth review that like I I, I felt like I was it. I felt like I was rambling, but uh, thanks. No, 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 you were <laughs> no, you were not at all. You were not at all. Oh, Only wow. Stephen does like, that. I pay like I pay attention when you talk. When John talks, I just like. Do something else. <laughs> this guy just is like literally just taking my yeah job. because you said it before i could but man it was funny um so <laughs> stay tuned follow us on twitter at inside backlot and instagram at inside the backlot uh we got a lot of cool stuff going on 
Um, make sure to rate and review our podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Um, please, that's greatly appreciated. And email us or DM us on social media and let us know, uh, you know, opinions, thoughts, things we could fix, um, ideas. We're definitely open to all of that. Uh, so with that, um, I guess this is us signing off. Have a good night, guys.